E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Hump Day! Thanksgiving What's up, everybody? Happy, happy Wednesday, one and all. Rob Ellis, Tone to Shield, hanging out with you. What is up, Mr. Tone? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I uh, got, got a lot of cooking to do, but I'm excited, man. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be here with you. So let's have a fun show, man. Wait, are you the primary chef? Are you the preparer more, more than more than your wife? So I'll put it to you this way. Um, I'm a little bit I'm a bit more aware in the kitchen. I'll say more that. aware. I'll, I'll, I'll say more aware. What that's, does that mean? More aware. The, you're, that means most, you're a better cook. That's what you're trying that's to the say. Most, that's the most politically correct way that I can <laughs> more answer a, more the More aware in the kitchen. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more aware in the kitchen. Okay. Is that for most meals or is that just for this one that takes a little bit more prep than, say, the others do? See, I like cooking. So, you know, I'll be in the okay. kitchen and, you know, I'll always say, hey, listen, I'll make this, I'll make that, you know, and, you know, and plus, and plus, you know, I work from home. So, yeah, you, you, you can do a little more, more prep like you're you have the ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah. Exactly. I can do a little bit more prep, all that kind of stuff. And I'm here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, I like cooking, you know, I'm patient when I cook. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy the process. You know, okay. my wife can be a little my wife can be a little impatient in the kitchen. And okay. I'm a firm I'm a firm believer um how you feel comes off of your cooking so so if you're impatient if you're just trying to get it done yeah the meal is the meal is going to taste that way okay so when you take time when you put effort into what you're doing the people are going to taste that right, so good, good. again i'm I, i'm a bit more aware in the kitchen and i have i have a higher threshold for patience in the kitchen Boy, oh boy, man, you were you were you are trained well in the marriage game, my friend. All right, of course, so, man, of course, I'm I, I fail in other areas, but that's the one area. Okay, I'm pretty sharp in. <laughs> what's up, Brandon? What's up, Chuck? What is up, Niners? What's up, Brian? What's up, Jason? Bry guy, Rome, Blutorian, Jim G, uh, Rich. What is up? Did I get Chuck? I think I got Chuck M. Reyes. Uh, everybody, hope you're doing well out there. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, so. I can do the basics in the kitchen, um, okay. but you don't want me near having to really prepare like a turkey or anything like big time. You don't want that. Well, Trust me. A, a turkey is a turkey is hard because I, I mean I, I think I think making a turkey is hard. Uh, is you got to make sure it's thawed completely. That you got to put your arm in it and gut, you know all, all that kind of. Let's just go lot. back to the thawing thing for a minute. So. Uh, my son ran up to this. We had enough points at our local supermarket where we got the, you know, the free turkey. You know that works okay. when you when you shop at a place for a certain, you know, whatever. Right, so right. He went out and got one. I think he, I think it was like fourteen pounds, something like that. We're at, so okay. we're having, uh, you know, like my mother in law, my sis, my two sister in laws, my brother in law, her niece, you know, whatever. We're having a few people are, over. Not you, fun. You don't have any siblings. I don't. Yeah, I'm oh, wow. child. and my parents okay. passed. So, um, so, uh, so that, so we got that size bird. Okay. But it was fully frozen and my son picked it up last night and oh. we're like, damn, that's going to take like, it takes like four or five days to, to really thaw out one that's that size. But what they tell you to do is we, we got a, our big, like, uh, 
a big pot, okay, like a th- a good sized pot where it can fit in there. What they tell you, to, they, well, they, yeah, they tell you to put it in in not warm. You would not. I think my natural thought would be warm water. No, 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 not warm. No, no. like so like, like cool temperature ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never, freezing. never. Th- food for thought. Anybody in the kitchen? Never thaw anything out. That's never thaw anything out with hot water. Never do yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, but what you're supposed to do is every. 90 minutes, two hours ish, depending, change the water out. Yep. Fresh water. So Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been on that duty since whatever, seven o'clock this morning. So that's when, when I run up during the break one time, I'll be dumping and, you know, refilling. I just did it before we started. So we should be good for, for a minute. I literally Um, just took out everything. That's why I was a little late. I literally took out everything so I can, so I can make sure it's thawed out by the time I start cooking. And yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, that's that's about a, that's the extent of what I'm doing. I'll I will be cleanup man. I will clean everything up. I will move things. I got to mm-hmm. do some stuff. He said, I will move things. Yes, that's what I'm good at. <laughs> I like that. Keep me out of the skilled labor department, and I and I'll be fine. Give me give me all the grunt work you, you could possibly. It's, find. it's it's so funny you say that. I'm uh I'm the type of I'm the type of person in the kitchen where I uh, I clean as I cook. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like that too. I don't yeah. want some something piled up to the ceiling. I, yeah. I can't deal with that. So right. I'm, I'm with you. I, I will work as I go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's my first time making Thanksgiving dinner for uh, myself and the family I'm trying to build. Uh, me and my wife, it'll be our first Thanksgiving, you know, doing things on our own. We've always relied on our parents for that kind of stuff and our in-laws. So um, yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. And everybody, anybody want to chime in, um, you know what you got going on, what the plans, how many people, where you're headed. So, look, I don't people who go out for Thanksgiving. Good for you, man. You, you don't have to deal with the the prep, the cleanup, any of that, man. It's just awesome. Uh, Coach Marcus, who we, who joined us yesterday, he's going to be putting the brisket in the smoker at lunchtime. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. Some man. people, some people go the ham route. Some people don't. I do love the ham. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a huge big ham. The same. I'm, what? Same. I, I would have no problem. Like if, if if people were just like, you know what, this this Thanksgiving, let's just do ham. Yep. Yep. I'm up. totally with that. You know what yep. I mean? Um, but and the only way I can eat turkey really if it's like a deep, like a deep fry turkey. Deep fry. So yeah. I, my buddy does it. He he does it in his yard. He deep fries it. He has a deep my dad, fryer. Same thing. Drops that bad boy in there, man, and and boom, it's it's good to go. You know? Yeah. And it's, my, it's my dad really started deep frying his turkeys. I think yeah. he started deep frying his turkeys uh, a handful of years back, maybe five years back or something like that, and he. He, he hasn't stopped since, and yeah. I still I, I can't eat turkey any any other way. Otherwise, I, I feel like it's too dry. Yep. Um, but you know, you deep you deep fry turkey, man. What? There's an art to it, man. It's an art sure. to it yeah. to the point where my now my dad he doesn't just deep fry his own. Yeah, like my aunts or my he's my doing like the whole neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like hey, hey, you know, they call my dad Manny. Um, yeah. me and him have the same name, but they call him Manny. Yeah. Um, they they say, hey, 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 Manny, can you deep fry my turkey this year? He's like. Uh, how big is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they do to my buddy. Like the the neighbors all come over and they're like, "Dude, can I get in line?" And he he he, does, he loves it. He sits out there. He's got a, a cooler, a beer, and he you know he's he has fun with it. You know what I mean? So it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Definitely. Everybody gets taken care of. Um, all right, so uh, a lot to get to. Eagles because of the quick week tone, they're back at it because today's Wednesday. They're playing Sunday, so they're practicing today uh, in anticipation of the Bills. So at one o'clock today, we're going to talk to Mike Catalana. Mike Catalana uh, covers the Bills and has has covered the Bills for years uh, in the Buffalo uh, area, and he's he's just flat out 
excellent at what he did. I actually sat down with him yesterday. We did some stuff. He was asking me about the Eagles, but uh, he's at uh, 13 WHAM and Buffalo Plus YouTube. So we're going to talk to him. Uh, he's a, he's actually a South Jersey guy who's been in the, okay. in the Buffalo area for a very long time. So um, I'm telling I'm trying to figure this Buffalo team out because I'm staring at the yeah. I'm looking at the numbers. Dude, it, like it doesn't make sense that this is a six and five team. I'm, I'm just telling you, you, they're they're seventh offensively in scoring. They're fourth in defensive scoring. And there's other like metrics and, and stats that you're like, doesn't make any sense. When you land on the turnovers is when you start to really, I think, you know, peel off the layers of the onion here with this team. But mm -hmm. I, I really hope, I don't think the Eagles will, but I really hope the Eagles and Eagles fans aren't totally sleeping on this Bills team because there's right. talent there and they're desperate because the way I view it, I'm not even sure they can lose one more game. They can maybe lose one and still get in as, as a bottom wild card in the AFC. But I'm not even sure about that with six with five losses already. So this is not going to be an easy one. Trust no, me. No, you're, no, you're absolutely right. It's so funny. You know, the, the AFC, it's so tight. You know, even from the third seat or second seat all the way down to the seventh, even further down to maybe the 10th or 12th seat, any of those teams can really sneak into the playoffs because they're all within a game or a game and a half of each other. Let's really, you know, let's really think about this, right? The Bills currently are the eighth seat. Ahead of them are the Pittsburgh Steelers at six and four. Texas are six and four at the sixth seed. Cleveland Browns are seven and three with the fifth seed. The Dolphins are seven and three with the fourth seed. Jaguars, third seed. Chiefs, second seed. Those teams are all seven and three. Then the Ravens are eight, uh, the number one seed at eight and three. Yep. But again, that's only with the Buffalo Bills being six and five and the Ravens being eight and three. That's only a two game span. Only two games. What's stopping Buff what's what's stopping Baltimore from losing two games? Nothing. And Buffalo, I don't know, stringing together three. All of a sudden they're back in the mix. So it's just the AFC is so unpredictable right now. It's it's so crazy to the point where the Denver Broncos have a chance to get in. They're five and five. Mm -hmm. With the seven C being six and four, it, that is crazy. That is that tight. So considering the way they started, so that's yeah, that's yeah. Great. So Buffalo's looking at this like, look, we're still in this thing. Yeah, right. They're still they're very much still in this thing. I don't know if the Browns can hold on, but that defense is so good, you never really know. But again, stand on the Bills, they're talented, but they've yeah. experienced so many injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they lost Matt Milano. Um, they lost their uh, uh they lost their uh, you know, their superstar corner um, yeah. earlier in the year. Tredavious um, White. Tredavious White, exactly. Um, I think they've lost some other pieces on that side as well. But the bottom line is they're not the same team defensively. Yep. Defensively. And even though the stats say one thing, offensively, it seems like it's been a struggle. You know, I've kept up with some of their games, you know, and, and their score lines and all that. It just seems like they're struggling to sustain consistent offense, even though even, even though they're relatively efficient. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, because hence they fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, I mean, Ken Dorsey, they Joe Brady took it over. So and, and and by the way, so I, I just this is so I'm wide awake. Nobody's panicking. Yeah, I don't know. Last week you were a little tight. No, but the, this is what this drives me nuts about where we are as a society. We now can't say that this is going to be a tough game. Don't overlook it. That's panic now. So I just have to be out here with pom pom saying. The Eagles are going to win by 50. The Eagles are going to win by 50. Yeah, is that what we have to do? I, no, I feel you. Come on, man. Come, let, let's be better than that, okay? And, and, no, and you no, can't enjoy you. the season that way because part of the fun of the ride is the stress, believe it or yeah. not. I mean, yeah. think about Monday night, right? That was like white-knuckle, agita-driven, 
like, oh, it, that's fun. It's no uh-huh. fun. It is if fun. You're just I'll be honest. Killing everybody. Yeah, you know, and believe me, would I would I like an easy ride to the Super Bowl? Of course, of course I would. But you know, you know, it's so all. funny. It's so funny you say how fun it is because I'm watching that game with my wife last um, on Monday. And of course, obviously the, the the Chiefs the Chiefs were taking it to the Eagles in the first half physically, especially yeah. more than anything. Um, that second half, man, you know, you're seeing DeAndre Swift break that, you know, break that big run off the, you know, off the jet sweep. And me and my wife are like, ho, 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 he's ho, 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 ho. <laughs> like, you know, he's just vibing and we even shaking and all that kind of stuff through, you know, you know, through the uh, through the traffic. And then yeah. you know, he has he has the big screen, the big screen catch, and then he throws then hurts those the bomb to Devontae Smith. They were just like like this is this is the nature of the game. That's what's making you know, it. This yeah, is what we love like about it. Playoff game, man. It exactly. was. Awesome. It felt like a. It felt yeah. like a playoff game. You know. So, um, and also by the way, speaking of that game, did you know that was the most viewed, the most watched Monday Night Football game in the past twenty seven years? Twenty eight million, something like that. It's like twenty seven point four or five, something insane. like that. But but still, you might as well say twenty eight million. Pretty damn, pretty damn remarkable. It's insane. It really um, is. Yeah, so you know, it begs the question: Are, are the Philadelphia Eagles America's team now? I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. Well, I, know. I mean, look that that's not a coincidence. I mean, well, look, you had the perfect setup here. You had the the, the Super Bowl rematch. You had defending champs, runner-up champs, Andy Reid storylines, the Kelsey brother storylines. Mm-hmm. You, you know, all everything. The Taylor Swift storyline. <laughs> all of it. All of it was there, man. And you know what? We 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 sideswiped a nice. We dodged a nice bullet, and and, and I'm. That she wasn't there, we didn't Thank have to God. deal with that being beaten over our heads. So that was nice, anyway. But um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was unbelievable. And you got a great game. That's the other part. Like you, I'm sure one of the things that networks this goes for radio, TV, us, whatever. One of the things you you really want is TSL time spent listening. You want people to stay. And with that game, it came down to the very last, really mm. the last play until that ball and the Eagles kneeled down. But like mm. the, the last completion from Mahomes. From the beginning to the end, you were invested in that game. Yeah. So that it, it was man. That I, game it, gave you everything, didn't it? It gave you it everything. Really did. It, it gave really you. Did. It gave you bad weather. It gave you uh, common opponents. Yes. Uh, it gave you narratives from the from the past and from the present. Yeah. Uh, two of the best quarterbacks um, playing at the top of their craft right now. Um, the golden child in Patrick Mahomes versus. Um, uh, the overachiever or the really underdog, and, yeah, whatever. And, uh, you know, and Jalen Hurts, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. The Kelsey brothers, like you said, there were just so many different things attached to that game. It, it, the game had ebbs and flows, and uh, this this Eagles offensive line—they're not playing the football we've ever thought they'd be playing their worst game. All of a sudden, they flip the script. The Eagles shut out the Chiefs in the second half. Mm-hmm. There were just so many intricate storylines. Will Patrick Mahomes complete the comeback? You know. Uh, yeah. Will his receivers catch the ball? You know the fumble, the interception. It was just, it was just so many storylines. So so fun, a, ro- a roller coaster ride. It was great. Again, it's what it's all about. You know, it's what it's, what it's all about, man. But you always, well, to your point originally, got to always respect your opponent. And I respect the Buffalo Bills because they still have a top tier quarterback. They have a top tier wide receiver. Yeah. Um. I think I, I think they have a top tier head coach, regardless of the struggles they're going through. Right. They have a top tier head coach. And their defense still has some talent on it. So you still got to respect the opponent nonetheless. There, there's nothing like I, I think it's what makes the NFL so unique and so fun is the anticipation of the big game. And we had, I'll be honest with you, dude. I could, by the time that game kicked off Monday, I was done. Like it needed to, it, 15 days is too long. Mm. But the the seven day, you, you know, the build up week, week to week, and then 
and then the fun of, of either either the agony of the defeat or the fun of, of breaking it down afterwards is what makes it the best because it's not oversaturated like other sports. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, there's another one tomorrow. Oh, there's another one tomorrow. You know, and that can be good and bad. Like the Sixers lost last night a game they shouldn't have lost, and they play again tonight, so good for them. They can get right back right. on it. But, you know, it, it, it makes it more special because there's only 17 of them. There, there's I, was, only I, was, so I was talking to my wife about that. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, you know, so did you see like the um when you know when Monday night was coming on? Did you see the um like the Snoop Dogg like rock cover of um Phil yes. Collins filling in the air? Did you see that? Yes. I was talking to my wife and I'm and I'm and the first thing I said to her was, "Wow, the NFL sure sure puts their money in the right places. They they know how to make it feel like a, a, a an event, a yeah. movie. It's yeah. so theatrical. It, yes. it it pulls your emotions. Do you know the?" The, the electric guitar, the Phil Collins cover, fill it in the air tonight. The 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 tension of the moment. They they do such a good job at cre- creating this 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 ecosystem show. of just yeah. thrill, the yeah. show. And you know when you think about the NBA, they give you so many games. You don't feel that with every matchup, but with the NFL because it's a week to week thing. Every game matters. Yeah. Every matchup is this event. And Monday night. You know, Thursday night, Sunday night, you can't beat it. Monday night, I'm watching that thing from beginning to end, the way it was being set up. I'm like, yo, they are killing it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that made it better was the Eagles win. And lo and behold, the football guys give it to us. I know. I Listen, I agree with you. And it is. It's one of the things that makes that sport so special. It really is. And like it Sunday was so night, many. Carrie Underwood kills it every Sunday night. Oh, she? she's great, man. And, she, and look. I, I, and I'm not even a country fan, but that's the one country song I love. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and they smartly still use the old Monday Night Football theme, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they just they do everything right. They really do. So it was uh, I'm not surprised the numbers are through the roof. They got a perfect game to go with all the hype and all the build up uh, with it, too. It was it was awesome, man. So we got we're going to do a lot of things Eagles wise. We're going to look at the defense, which held the, the Chiefs to 17 points, shut them out in the second half, held Mahomes to a career low in yards per catch, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So we'll get give Desai some love uh, when you look at all the new faces that he's dealing with. We'll certainly discuss that. The Sixers lose in overtime, as I mentioned, the Cavaliers, 122-119. Flyers play tonight. All right, it is Thanksgiving Eve. All right, so I want to hit you with this for as our Eagles question. Tie both in, Eagles and Thanksgiving. Okay. All right, uh, which Eagle would you most like to invite over for Thanksgiving? Mm. You get, you know, so- I, let, let's go two. You get two. All right, they can have an and one. Now it could be a player, it could be a coach, it could be front office, whatever, whatever. You can go from owner uh, to to the last guy on the roster, who whoever you want. You you get two eagles that you can invite. Who would it be? Uh, you know what? Well, I, I thought about this, and obviously the easy choices are like the main guys, right? The starters, those are like easy choices. Um, one guy that came to mind because of his personality, he just seems like a fun guy to be around. It's Jordan Davis. He Jordan just seems, Davis, yes. He just, he just seems like a good time. Always cracking jokes. Always just in the moment. Um, he's not going to spare anything on his plate, which is the ultimate respect. <laughs> so, um, I think I think Jordan Davis um, would definitely be, would definitely be my first choice for sure. Who will be your first choice? Um, so if I could have two, I'm going to go out of the box because I know what people's reaction is going to be. One of the guys I want over there is Jalen Hurts. And I know people are going to say, dude, he has no personality. Like, what are you doing? No, he does. He does. Right. You got to, you got to, you, you got to, he does. That, that's why. 
Like I want him, I want to get to really know him. I want the guard to go down. I want to see him crack a joke about the turkey or I hate cranberries. I, whatever. I want that. Human. Human. Yeah, yeah, I want to see the facade. Just let it down and it's okay. And I'm not going to run and tell. It's just this stays here. It's our safe space. You can say whatever you want. Let's have some fun. So I want Jalen there and I want my lot of there because we're going to do karaoke at the end. Of the day. Ah, that's, so, that's good. It's covered. I'm going to have those two guys. So you there. got the you got you you got the guy that can command the room in Hertz, and then you yeah. got the guy that can command the um the festivities so, in the yeah, end. Yeah, he's in the, he's on in charge of fun. My lot is got my that. fun guy. So when got we're it, done, maybe a couple of drinks are mixed it, whatever. We crank up the karaoke machine, and I know my lot is going to tear it up. So I want mm. those two, even though they're opposite personalities. I, I have different reasons for. I know my lot is going to be fun. I'm not worried about right, that, but right. I want to get to know Jalen. My second choice, right? So Jordan Davis is my first choice. He's bringing the fun. Yeah. My second choice is kind of similar to yours, Devontae Smith. Ooh. Okay. Devontae Smith, he's such a laid back, cool customer. But if you actually pay attention how he interacts with his teammates, he's a funny yeah. guy. Yeah, that's good. He's a real funny guy, man. Country as hell. Yeah. So, um, you know, Devontae Smith again, man. It's so funny. I, I'm inviting the biggest guy on the team and the skinniest guy on the team. Yeah, we go, you know what I mean? So well that, so, that's the people's concern about like M. Reyes says my lot is eating at least one and a half full time. That that is a concern. You bring it if we're bringing the big boys, you better be ready with exactly rub. Like, don't you better not be playing around. Exactly, um, exactly. So yeah. so yeah, I I I'll bring Smitty and JD. You know, Smitty, you know, again, he he's such a laid back dude. He's he's somebody I would love to really get to know. Yeah, you know, I, I want I want to know what makes him tick. You know, I want to understand yeah. like you know, how he's just been battling the doubt all throughout his career. It's so funny. The Eagles are filled with a lot of players who have been doubted. You know, yeah. Smitty in his size, Hurts hand, um, his ability to be a top-tier quarterback in his NFL. Um, Jordan Milata, can he act, Can he learn the game quick enough? Jordan Davis, right. can he, you know, can he come out of the rookie slump? You know what I mean? Can he live with expectations? So it's just these guys that we, you know, these so funny, these guys that we chose – you know, we chose them for similar reasons, right? The guys that are going to bring the fun, right? You know, our our big guys in the trenches, and we're going to guys bring we're just trying to get to know a little guys bit. that we're just trying to get to know. Yeah. I want I want to know what makes them tick. You know, I want to just he's again, Smitty is such a cool customer. No matter what's going on, just yeah. calm. Yeah, I and, agree. And and I, and I also think it's 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 really important that Smitty and Hertz they got they they they, they kind of came up in this Eagles thing together before you know. AJ got there before they became what they right. were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Smitty, Smitty and Hertz, they've been through the mud together in 2021. Well, I the think two and five like, record. All them, you know what I mean? Yeah, and look, it, it go, it can you, it can work a lot of different ways. Like, like Jay, I think what with the two two guys who were look, there's no doubt. You're bringing Brandon Graham, you're bringing Kelsey. You're having fun with both of those guys. I mean, exactly. no, no deny. I mean, it, it's it, absolutely. So I'm just trying. I, I went a little out of the box with Jalen. Not that he's not fascinating. I just don't. I I, I would hope that I can get it. I can get Jalen relaxed and having some fun and talking. You know, just just letting it the guard down. That's all. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, look how good, good one by Jim. You know, <laughs> this is funny. Howie he trade for a better meal. Yes, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, let's come back and we will dig into the Eagles defense and. Hand out some props to Sean Desai on the job that he did against uh, this Chiefs team to uh, to move the Eagles to nine and one on the season. So we'll get into that 
when we come back again mike catalana from buffalo will join us at one it's one o'clock he'll give us the lowdown and what's actually really going on with the bills so a lot to get to uh don't go anywhere uh, on this uh thanksgiving eve that's tony shields i'm rob ellis we'll be right back i want to tell you right now about bravo pizza of havertown yes uh thrilled that they're a part of the family and get you know who feels like cooking tonight you're going to be cooking a ton tomorrow Go to Bravo, get yourself a little pizza or a sandwich, a wrap, a wing, wings, whatever, whatever you're into, a little salad, uh, so you don't have to deal with it um, tomorrow or tonight either, for that matter. All right, so uh, they've been family-owned since 1985. Uh, they have 20 different styles of pizza, does Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They have slices to go. They have specialized pizza your way, not just pizza, as I mentioned, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. But Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, PA, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. You can give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. little more here on Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. 
You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Appreciate you hanging with us. Let's hit the like button if we could. Friends, that's Tone to Shields. Rob Ellis hanging with you. All right, Tone. So let's talk about the Eagles defense. Um, 17 points given up in the game against the Chiefs. Zero points in the second half. Um, Mahomes 4.1 average per reception was the lowest in his career. And they didn't complete a pass Mm. longer than 17 yards. Like, I mean, that had to be. If you're Sean Desai and you're Nick Sirianni and you're the Eagles, that you got to be doing backflips at, at those numbers, man. It, it, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. And first half, Pacheco was running all over him. Second half, he ran for, you know, they ran for 40 something yards um, as a team. And really, not giving up a lot of yards per catch and no plays longer than 17 yards falls mm-hmm. right into what their defensive philosophy is no big plays allowed. Yeah, man, you know, in the air, yeah, you're right. The longest the longest pass was 17 yards. Um, on the ground, though, the longest was 24. That was the Pacheco run. So, you know, it's all about how you look at it. But regardless, um, they, you know, a big play in the NFL, I believe, is quantified as, what, 25-plus yards or or 20-plus yards, something like that. So, they, it, by, by in, in, in theory, they've only, they only gave a one big play. And that was uh, in the first quarter to Isaiah Pacheco, where he gutted them for the 24-yard run. But, man, Sean Desai's defense overall um, came to play. Um, first half, things were a little shaky. But, you know, they came in, um, came, came out in the second half, and it was just it was just a clinic, man. And I'll be honest, I, I didn't expect them to be this dominant in the second half. Again, first half was shaky, but the second half was just so, so clean by them. And, of course, the Chiefs had some drops in key spots. But that's not the Eagles' problem. Yeah. Uh, the reality is the Eagles did their job to the best of their ability, and the Kansas City Chiefs tried to do the job to the best of their ability, and the Philadelphia Eagles ended up um, winning the day because right. of defense. Defense kept the Eagles in this game, let's be honest, because yeah. offense was flat. Uh-huh. And if defense doesn't do their job, even remotely, the, the Eagles get blown out. Let's just call it what it is. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, that's all you ask is just keep – Look, there's going to be games like that, uh, both Washington games, for example, mm-hmm. where the defense didn't get the job done and the offense, you know, really helped carry them. But when you take everything into account here, Tone, if you look at just the starting lineup, this isn't even all the st- new starting faces. It's just the starting lineup. Jalen Carter's new. And look, the guy's a stud, but he's new. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow. 
Reed Blankenship, Kevin Byard, and Bradley Roby. I, I, I don't think I'm missing anybody, but they're all new starters. You're talking yep. about two safeties, a nickel corner, a D tackle, and both linebackers. Yeah, if you want, if you want to push, if you want to push it a little, a little further, um, Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks is beginning a lot of time on the field. They're new. Yeah, you know, a lot so. of time. No, no doubt. I mean, but that's a lot of personnel turnover mm-hmm. on that side of the ball. So the entire think, back end is new, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, but so I think all things considered, you know, he's doing a damn good job so far, Sean Desai. I mean, I, I have, I have no complaints here about what he's doing so far. Yeah, especially when you factor in the injuries. They've had injuries at linebacker, injuries at corner. Um, there have been there's been games where Slade's been gone, mm-hmm. get a game where Bradbury's been gone, a game a, a few games where Reed Blankenship's been gone. Um, you know, they lost Justin Evans. Um, he's just coming off IR, if I'm not mistaken. They lost Bradley Roby, lost Avante Maddox, then you lost the backup to Avante Maddox and Zach McPherson. You know, you lost your other linebacker in, in the preseason and Sean Bradley, um, who was a key who's a key contributor on special teams, but still you lost depth at the position. Yep. Um, there was a game where Jalen Carter wasn't there. Um, Jordan Davis is battling a hamstring. Um, you know, it's 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 just been battle after battle after battle, and somehow, someway Sean Desai has called a good enough game to where this team is nine and one on the season, the best record in football. Again, they've had good games. They've had bad games. They've had great games. They've had terrible games. They've had everything up. They've had everything in between. But the one constant that I can say is I feel like Sean Desai has been doing everything possible to make, make limeade out of lemon, you know, out of lemons. You, you follow me? Like he, he, he's been, he's been, he's been doing a lot. To, 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 to create create to put creativity in, in this defense, you know, to try to, you know, alleviate the damage, to try to put a tourniquet on this thing. You know, it's 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 really remarkable. And, you know, his, some of his best games has come against some of the better opponents. Right. And it, it's what makes the team so weird. Like, all right, so they, they hold the Chiefs to 17 points and they shut them out in the second half. They hold Miami. 17 points. To, yeah, but basically only really seven. Of those are on the defense. Thank you. I know right. a lot of people say 10, but I say seven because if, let's yeah. be honest, if Hertz doesn't fumble yeah. and if Hertz doesn't throw the interceptions, those are 10 points that are not on the board. No you know, question. Yeah, yeah, the uh the fumble put them in field goal range. And the, and the really pick six, you know. So as much as it doesn't seem like it, at the end of the day, they only allowed 23 to the Cowboys. I know it yes, feels a team like that's, a team that's used to trying to put up 35, 40 on weak teams, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. No. It, but but it doesn't it feel like that Cowboys game was like a 38-35 game? It wasn't. So it, it, you're talking about some really vaunted offenses here. And mm-hmm. I know the Chiefs offense is not what it was, but it's when you have Mahomes, it's always dangerous. And they're coming off a bye. They're well-rested and all that. Mm-hmm. So you do what you did to them. Everybody's did, pretty healthy. Yeah. They, you know, they did what they did to Miami, and they did what they did to Dallas. So, you know, and again – you're going to have to keep it up because you got a bunch of good teams coming your way still. But, yeah. you know, I think maybe for whatever reason, the Washington thing is weird. But for the most part, they've done a pretty solid job. Like they gave up 14 to the Rams, 14 or uh, 20 to the Jets, which, you know, there was a wasn't there a pick six in that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it wasn't a pick six, but he picked it off and they pushed him out of bounds and they let him score. Right. So All right. So, yeah. so really like 13 there, 17 to Miami. 
23 to Dallas, and then 17 to Kansas City. So of late, if you exclude Washington, they've done a pretty good job. Maybe they're trending in the right direction. Maybe what we talked about, getting Roby back, having Bayard in the system for a little while longer, uh, Cunningham and, and, and Morrow being solid. Maybe right. that's starting to get them where they need to be as we approach this. Thing. The only, that's all you can hope is they're just getting better as time goes on. Yeah, that's uh, that's literally what you can hope for. And, you know, the, the one thing I kept asking for on Monday when before, prior to the game, I kept saying, I don't, need, I don't need them to be great. I just need them to be competent. Yeah. Can they be competent? Can they can they not hurt themselves in, in situations? And, you know, even though they got ran on in that first half, I don't necessarily think – defense was hurting themselves too much i don't think they were necessarily caught out of position too much in that game um let's be honest any other quarterback any any other quarterback back there the eagles would have got at least four sacks on that game that's true uh that is there, very there so true. Many moments where i thought to myself they got him they got him they got him he just found a way like i said it was almost like they lathered him in olive oil like he just they, they couldn't they couldn't get their hands on him and mm-hmm. he's doing jump passes and all this kind of stuff it's just Patrick Mahomes is a freak of nature, man. I firmly believe if there was any other quarterback, Eagles would have at least got to him three times minimum. I agree with you. I, I, I think of I think of two that Sweat had, which almost anybody else, it's a lock. Uh, he's he's getting home. There was another one that was really close too. I can't remember if it was Reddick or somebody. Anyway, there was probably you're right. Th- that's at least a Carter almost got him for his, almost got him for a sec, but he got the shoelaces and he fell forward past the line of scrimmage. So uh, yeah, that, you're it right. would have been a sack, but. It was it was forward progress. So yeah, yeah. So uh, that's always going to be it. That's the one thing I go into any game. I told you before the game, the thing that worried me about before the Chiefs game, the secondary worried me the most. But the one thing I always count on is the 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 pass rush is going to be there. I think I think the other thing we're going to see against this Bills team, James Cook is a pretty good runner, but the Eagles got gashed in that first half. I think they were they're ticked off at the way that they performed against the run. I think you're going to see a much better effort this week defensively by the D-line against the run than you saw last week against the Chiefs, even though, they again, they got it together in the second half. But I don't I don't see the, the, the Bills running wild on them. You can force the Bills to be one-dimensional. That's where you're going to start getting to – even though Allen's elusive and he can make plays with his legs, nobody, nobody denies that, but he'll make mistakes too. And I think you start getting some heat on him, that's where you win it. That's where the, that's where the good stuff happens. Yeah, I agree. You know – Eagles giving up the most rushing yards they have since I think week one of last year. Um, yeah. the, the, and that was when DeAndre Swift kind of went off against us. <laughs> um, good thing he's on our side now. But you know, you, you bring up a good point with the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen is a very talented quarterback. Say what you want about him, have your own opinion. You know, when you think about who Josh, when you think about Josh Allen in the vacuum, Josh Allen is probably top three in terms of being the most talented quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, just pure talent. But like we always say on the show, talent is not enough. And although he comes with great power, he lacks a certain level of responsibility at the position. He's turned he's he turns the ball over not only a lot, because that's not really the issue for me. It's it's the NFL. You you throwing you throwing you throwing the ball north of 600 times in, in most seasons, most of these quarterbacks north of 500 times. You're going to th- you're going to throw some picks. It's just the nature of the game. But what I but what I can't live with what I what I don't like is the timing of them. I don't believe all wins are created equal. I don't believe all turnovers are created equal. 
there are some turnovers that, okay, you can live with it. For example, if I throw a deep ball and they pick it off, okay, I'll look at it as a punt. At least I didn't put my at least I didn't put my defense in a position where they're they're backs into the goal line. You feel me? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And it, you're that's the difference. T- yeah, I, I, I well, that's true. And then the other obvious one is you put a ball right on the money and it bounces off a receiver's hands and gets picked. It's like, come on, man, that, that's not on the not on the quarterback. But you're right, right. right. You're right. Um, and that's and that's the and that's the problem with the, with the Bills. There's a stark difference. Like there, it seems like Josh Allen's turnovers are wrapped are wrapped in concrete, whereas like, everyone else's turnovers are wrapped in nerf. Like it just yeah. seems like his are so heavy. They they deliver so much damage to what you're trying to achieve. He threw the most red zone interceptions last year. And that was the, his goal was like he vowed, I'm not you know, I'm not gonna turn the ball over. Blah, 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 take it. And well, he may not be throwing in the red zone at this rate. He's still turning over it over a ton. And well, here's what it amounts to for me, Tone. And we'll and we'll talk to Mike Catalana about this, but he's trying to do too much. He's trying to put everything on his shoulders, whereas it's okay to to live to see another day. And he doesn't think like that. He he didn't. It's amazing to me. It's one of the things that really destroyed Carson Wentz, in my estimation, is he just never understood that it was okay to give up on a play. I'm not I'm not talking about the end of the game when it's fourth down and you have to convert. Talk about the different. first quarter, totally or the different. second quarter. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but and they just don't they don't think that. I think the intent is good. You're trying to do everything you can to help your team, but it doesn't matter. You've got to be smart. Your intent can be great, but you got to be a smarter football player. And and Josh Allen hasn't been a smart enough football player. Plain and simple. Yeah, the problem with Allen, he approaches every, he approaches every problem with a hammer. Yeah. When there are, there are there are times where you need a scalpel. Yes. You follow me? So yeah. it's just it's he's a talented quarterback. It's it's, it's and when you think about the past few years in Buffalo, they've always been knocking at the door. You know, they had that shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs where they were in the divisional round where everybody was like, yo, Josh, you know, this team is next up. There's no way they don't get back. And then, you know, they then they stumble in the divisional round again. And then uh, I think they made it to the AFC Championship before, right? And it's a sh- here, here's where it's really a shame, okay? It's a shame – for him, because he was brilliant in that game against the Chiefs, if you remember. Yeah, his, de- his defense let him down in that game. And his defense let him down. That one yeah. was not on him. He yeah, drove yeah, him down. Yeah, yeah. He did everything he could possibly do. So, But it's all that's, that's the frustrating thing about sports, and this is where I hope we're not looking back at the Eagles Super Bowl last year. I really hope we aren't. But when you get that close, you've got to finish. As a team, you've got to finish the deal off, or else who knows what can happen. I don't think the Bills thought they'd be in this position where – Things would kind no of come one, unglued no and fire your coordinator, right? No Nobody did. did. And I, well, I that- kind of, well, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but I thought they would take a step back this year. I, I believe that, and I talked, we spoke about that in the, in the off season, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I think, it, I think it's also why a what the Eagles are doing is so remarkable because it's it's hard when you get close mentally. It's hard to charge yourself back up. You're like, oh my god, man three points from winning it. We were up 10 at the half. Like we all know, but like the emotional toll that that takes to be able to put it aside and start grinding again, when every team is coming at you with a machete. Right. And, and, and to be able to do, that's why I keep harping on winning nine of 10 so far to start the season is awesome. Like really that it is awesome what the Eagles are doing, but it's hard. So again, if the Eagles can get, 
close again, which I think they are going to, you have to finish this. The Phillies are going to rue getting as close as they got and what happened in the NLCS if they don't win a World Series with this group, with Bryce Harper in this group. They just are. Yeah. The fact of the matter is last year, no one saw Eagles coming. No one saw Jalen Hurts coming. No one saw Nick Sirianni and those boys coming. So teams really couldn't prepare for you the way they're preparing for you now. This season, they know what you are. Yeah. They know what you're capable of. They know how far you were. They know how close you got. Everyone, everybody saw you at your peak in that Super Bowl. Everyone saw Jalen Hurts deliver a clinic in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Granted, he lost the game. So the so the, so the performance means almost nothing. But regardless, teams have saw you at your pinnacle. They studied you. They watched you. They scouted you. They did everything possible to make sure they're prepared for you. You've gotten every team's best shot every single week this year. And the Eagles have won nine out of the ten games. And let's be honest, they should really be 10-0. Because one, because that that one game, but against the Jets, they yeah. I never seen a team beat. They were so self destructive. Yeah, they game. they beat themselves. They did. Yeah. yeah. So again, you know, you lost, and it is what it is. You got to wear that, right? The Jets, the Jets did what they were supposed to do. We're not making any excuses. But you're nine one on the season, and you're still working out some kinks with the. And, and on top of that, let's not forget this. We we speak about Sean Desai. He's a new coordinator on this team. He wasn't here last year. Yeah. Brian Johnson, new coordinator. These guys are learning the ropes. Nick Sirianni is the only constant, really, on the on, on the coaching staff outside of Jeff Stoutland and Terry Rocker and um, Aaron Moorhead. Yeah. So, so, so when you think about it from that perspective, they've gone through roster turnover, coaching turnover. Yet the formula still holds true. Yet the cookbook still works. Yet Jalen Hurts is still showing up. You know what I mean? It's Howie Roseman is still doing his thing. There's a method to the Philadelphia Eagles' madness. And people can say they went ugly. People can say, I don't trust this pass defense. I don't trust this. People can say all those things. But when it's all said and done, those players, when they got to show up on that field, when all the preparation in the world can't prepare you for what's what's to come, they show up. Mm -hmm. Like I said to Dan Cilio yesterday on, on the National Football Show, people were always talking about the gauntlet and murderer's row. We're the gauntlet. We're murderer's row. We're the buzzsaw. They better get their popcorn ready because it's going to be a movie. Well, you're right. I mean, I think that the natural inclination is to say, my God, Cowboys in, in Dallas. Oh, my God. Um, I fear no one anymore, Rob. No, I know. No, no, I know. I know. This is or, Sparta. Or here come, the, here come the 49ers and they're going to be angry because they lost last year. Or, man, it's the Chiefs who beat you in the Super Bowl. Man, it's the Cowboys with Dak. Seattle where they never went. Blah, blah, blah. Every one of those teams is saying, Damn, got the Eagles this week. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It, and I don't know that we fully comprehend that we're the – I'm not going to say the ultimate bullies on the block until the Chiefs are knocked off, but we're, we are freaking nasty. And I don't know that – that I don't know that – I think Eagles fans are getting coming around to that uh, for sure in a big way. And I think there is something to be said for that. Like there's an intimidation factor that sometimes you lose before you even play the game, before you even step on the field. Mm. A lot of times, I'm telling you, it's it's. Wait, a, so are you saying the Philadelphia Eagles have established a mystique? Yes, I think I think they have. I think yeah. When you whenever you're hmm. the hunted, like they are, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And I, I think they're getting there. I look, you I, you have to cement that with winning one. I think you win one, and then and then it kind of changes things a little bit here. But when you win as consistently as they have, I mean, this team has gone. 32 and 12, which we're going to get into Nick Sirianni in a minute, but they're 32 and 12 under Nick Sirianni, which means that's an insane winning percentage in this league. 
which means you win way more than you lose. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are, there are teams and, and a lot of these teams that they're playing, I think in some ways are defeated before you even play. I think there is something to be said for that. I really you know. The, you know what the mystique is around the Eagles? You got to play a full 60 minutes. Yeah, you do. And what makes them so scary, they're almost they're, – they're like the undead. They're like, they're like zombies. You can't kill them. You, a, a silver – you know, garlic won't work. Holy water <laughs> won't work. A, a silver bullet won't work. Yeah, a cross. You got yeah. to cut them off at the head. Yeah. Cut, cut off each limb. Send, send, you know, drop each limb in different, drop each limb in different part in, in different parts of the ocean. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, it's they are quite a story. They are one of the most fun teams to watch because they just seem like no matter what you do, they're gonna keep clawing and clawing. Don't don't turn your back on the dead body. You yeah. ever seen a horror? You ever seen a horror movie where they? Uh, they, they get the killer. They turn their back, and all of a sudden, he's gone. Dumbest move ever. Dumbest move ever. Yep. Don't turn your back on the Philadelphia Eagles. Do not do it. Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think too, uh, I think the greatest attribute is, of this team isn't one that you can find on a stat sheet. Like, as awesome as Jalen Hurts has been, as awesome as A.J. Brown has been, and, you know, all the guys on the defensive side, Redick, it, there's something to be said for the ability to never be done in a game, to never be cooked in a game, like you just said. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, like a lot of teams, I, I'll go back to it one more time. You're down 17 to seven at the half in Kansas City, a, a, a wild environment, a tough mm. place to play, to the Super Bowl champs, to Andy Reid coming off a of bye, to Patrick Mahomes. I think a lot of teams would have mentally checked out. I do. I think they would have. I think it would it wouldn't have taken a whole lot in that third quarter for for them just to be just like kind of knocked over and done. And the Eagles don't think that way. The beauty is there isn't any fear of any team or any vi- individual player with this group. I, I, I'm truly, truly sure. It doesn't mean they're not going to lose games, but it's never going to be because they are mentally weaker. Like I think every time the Eagles step foot on the field, they're tougher than the other team mentally they have more fortitude than the other team and that can carry a really long way and that that goes back to the talent thing it's not just always about talent it's about heart and i think they have more heart what do you think this monday night win what do you think it'll do for the defense's confidence out of all the things you laid out right you're down 10 at the half you you got ran on for over 120 yards in the first half right patrick mahomes those boys they're pretty much doing essentially what they want going up and down the field um, you come out and you shut out Patrick Mahomes. You shut out Andy Reid. You you make J- uh, Travis Kelsey obsolete. You force you know, you, for, you force a fumble on him in a crucial moment in the game. Um, uh, you you find a way to outlast um, Steve Spagnuolo's electric defense, and that defense is for real. Let's make that clear. Mm-hmm. But everything that I mentioned on the defensive side, especially, what do you think? A win like that, a performance like that does for the confidence of a team that has plenty of veterans but also has its fair share of young players. I think it does a lot. Uh, I think it does a ton. Because, look, they – when when you have that many new faces, it, new new slash young faces, there's a combination. There are, Like Bradley Roby's a veteran, uh, Bayard's a veteran, but they're still new to this. And you have a new coordinator. It, it's – there's only – 
I preached this before the season. Give the defense some time because it's going to take a defense a while. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're starting to see signs of good things. When you have a pass rush in that league, that can make up for a lot. But you'd still need improvement on the sec- in the secondary. I think that you, you know, you saw a better game from Slay and Bradbury. I think in part because you had Roby in the slot, who knows what he's doing. And yes, did he get burned on that Valdez Scantling drop? Yes. Uh, but you have Morrow, you have Cunningham, who have kind of settled things in a little bit. You already have a r- good run defense. I think what you're seeing is that the that the defense is starting to get to the point where they need to be. Um, and I think that doing that to them, also knowing, hey, we you know, we really shut down Miami. We really didn't give a ton up against Dallas, even though there's a lot of yards given up. I think all those things, man, you're just adding on to, to, to the layers, the levels of confidence and the armor that you have. So I think it's great. I really absolutely. Don't. You know, another thing to factor in, you know, the, 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 the things that you asked for, you know, they need to force some more turnovers and they force two on the best quarterback in the NFL and arguably the best tight end in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? That does tremendous things for your confidence. And it shows that you came out of the bye week intentional and understood that there were certain things that, that were going to be required to win that game. I think I, I think this momentum, especially on the defensive side, offense, they know they got to clean up a lot. They understand that. I think it's so funny. You can make an argument. Um, and obviously, again, we know how the first half went, but there's, you know, there's two halves in a game for a reason. There's four quarters in a football game for a reason. And I, you can make an argument the defense came out a bit more prepared than the offense on the bye. Yeah, I think I, I think the offense kind of was suffering from um, a bye week hangover. Uh, you know, offensive line was sluggish. They didn't really have the intensity at the at the point of attack. You know, they kind of got pushed around a little bit. But defense, you know, they still they still held on. You know, a team it's the uh, the group that's supposed to be your weakest link. They had the best day. I think this defense needed this game. They needed this kind of game against this type of opponent, against this level of quarterback, against this level of head coach and Andy Reid. Um, they needed this game. And at, at this point, I think they're going to be playing freer. They're going to be more confident. Um, your two new additions um, made huge plays, which is going to give them confidence in this new situation, Kevin Byard and Bradley Roby. Um, this this was, this was a perfect situation for the Eagles defense. It's, go, it's going to carry you over. I have a strong belief in that. Yeah, I, I think you're right too. I think it's uh, man. If there's ever a good building block, it, it's it's you know uh, avenging that loss and doing a good job from a defensive standpoint on that team to make you feel good. That's for sure. All right, let's come back. Let's get into Nick Sirianni and the job that he's done. We, this came up sort of organically uh, earlier in the week when we were talking about this and why he's not in discussion for coach of the year. Why he didn't win it last year when they went 14 and three. Why is that the case? Is it a reflection of him? Is it a, just a reflection of sort of uh, flawed thinking uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff? And, and and it's not even just about him getting that award. It, it's getting his just due for what he's done thus far. So let's get into all those kind of things uh, when we come back. Uh, he's Tone to Shields in for Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take on this Thanksgiving Eve. I'm going to talk to you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group right now because knowing who to trust with your finances it's hard. It's a challenge and it's scary. And, and sometimes it's overwhelming. Well, Jim Murray is the right person. Uh, I, I can tell you that because I went for a long time in the wilderness, right? And I found the right person and what a difference it makes, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover to Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610 610- 
610-996-4751. You could also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Yes, we are. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're hanging out with you. You know what, Tone? Let's throw up the uh, GoFundMe. I should have uh, I should have hit you with this during the uh, during the break. So uh, I got it already ready to go. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. So Tone, we'll 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 pin this in the chat uh, as well. And this is the way that you can contribute anything you can. And again, we we always try to emphasize this. We get it, man. Times are tough. You're trying to get by. You know, get through Thanksgiving. You're trying to get through the holidays. You're trying to pay your bills. So we're not asking for any kind of gigantic donations, but whatever you can do, 
uh, would be appreciated, simply put. Um, so Derek and his wife, Trish, and, and the full explanation is there on the on the GoFundMe page, and you can check it out. Um, and, and Derek explains what happened with Trish and, and the long road that they have in front of them. Um, but whatever you can do to contribute is great. And so you can do it right there where Tone has it uh, pinned in the chat or go to Derek's uh, Facebook page, and there's a, there's a link there as well. So, again, it, it's a long road. Uh, it's a long recovery. And there's also a lot that that needs may need to be done around the house alterations to assist Trish as she makes this comeback. So uh, appreciate everything. And, and in this you know day and tomorrow, a day of giving thanks, give thanks for your health if you have it, and uh, and hopefully uh, you know say some say some prayers and good thoughts for Trish. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. You, you said a really important thing. Uh, just being thankful. Um, you know, just being um, graceful and, and patient with others, you know, uh, anybody who's going through any sort of health challenges in their life. Um, it's always good to just have that strong support system um, to always have the faith that, you know, things are going to always trend in the right direction. You know, I know for my you know, for myself, my own family, um, my mom, uh, you know, battled uh, kidney disease and, she, you know, she you know, she was on dialysis for about a year or so. And then she got a call for a new kidney on Mother's Day. Right. Which you know, which which couldn't have come at a better time. Um, she got that kidney earlier this year, and you know she's back better than ever. You know, and uh, she couldn't have got through that without faith, without you know, without family support, um, without staying diligent, and just and, and just being focused on recovery. So, um, yeah, man, it's always important to be you know to be grateful for your health. Uh, never take it for granted. Um, love on your loved ones. Hug them. Um, whatever, whatever bad vibes, whatever bad juju, whatever, whatever was said, it can be forgiven. Yeah. Make that phone call. Don't be too prideful. Don't be too egotistical. Just, you know, just share love, be the best version of yourself and always and, and always just put your best foot forward. Yeah. And here, here's what I would say, too. And and uh, and telling thanks. Good, good thoughts, man. Um, for those of you who have older parents, it can be challenging, right? some of the stuff you have to deal with and you can, you can very easily lose your patience with them. Uh, I would tell you, do the best that you can to appreciate the time you have with them. Uh, because before you know it, it it's, you're not going to have time to spend with them. So put up with some of the little idiosyncrasies, some of the little things that may grate on you a little bit. And I'm sure you do things that grate on them, but just try to tolerate it. Try to do the best you can when, especially on holidays, because it can be challenging. There's there's some stress during the holidays. So do the best you can. I'm not trying to give you like some speech here. I'm just telling you, like, you know, it, it's if you're if you if you're fortunate enough to still have, you know, loved ones close to you, make the most of it. That's all. And if, if that's just picking up the phone or FaceTiming or whatever. Do the best that you can. So anyway, all right. Good stuff there, Tony. And yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, also quick shout out to our guy, Niners all damn day. Look, you know, he you know, he donated fifty dollars to the GoFundMe. And look, that's the that's you listen, yeah. Niners. You did, yeah. Appreciate you, you know. I, we you know we all talk a lot of trash in this sports thing, yeah. And you know it's all fun, but at the end of the day, we're all people behind these accounts, right? Yeah. And we're you know and we're all people behind you know we all got lives that we got to go back to, and um, you know we're grateful for you for always yeah. coming each and every day, causing a ruckus, but also um, uh, showing you you know showing you support for one of our esteemed hosts and Derek Gunn and his family, yeah. man. So we appreciate you, Very Niners, all damn day. Yeah. Um, yeah. now on now on. Two Sundays from now, you know, you know, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> but just well know said. we, but but just know we appreciate you, Niners, all yeah. damn day. It's always love, man. Thank you for always coming to the uh, live stream. Yep. 
and just um you know just being you man you know what's life without your uh you know yeah uh, what's life without the opposition well here's what i'm gonna tell you (laughs) uh, while we're on this and we you know we we won't be with you guys tomorrow we'll be back on friday but yes what i'll say is i'm grateful um for the platform i'm all i never take a day for granted whether i'm doing this whether I'm doing radio, whether I'm doing TV or whatever, I don't, I never take a day for granted because I know it's not a given. Right. So uh, the only way that we have the platform that we have is from you guys. If you guys don't tune in, don't hang out with us, aren't a part of the show. Uh, don't stream us. Don't, don't us, we, we aren't here. So we, I, I'm always mindful of that and very appreciative of that. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys couldn't have said it better myself, Ari. All right. right. Enough with the pleasantries and the sappy stuff. Let's get into it, man. Let's get physical. I'm going to talk about Nick Sirianni. Um, Because you're talking about a guy who who just went on the road and won in Kansas City, which had to be pretty sweet for him because he coached there and Andy Reid let him go. You know, it was civil. There's no issues between those two. But new coach, new staff. It happens. Yeah. But you can't tell me there isn't a little piece of you that said, oh, I I wasn't good enough. Uh, Okay. And then, you know, and you, you lost to him in the Super Bowl and you haven't beaten him as a head coach. So to win that game had to be sweet. So that moves the Eagles to nine and one this season. They went 14 and three last year. They went nine and eight in this first year, coming off a, t- a season where they had won four games. They were 4 12 and one in Doug's last year. Okay. So he's gone 32 and 12 as the Eagles head coach, been to a playoff game and been to a Super Bowl in you know, basically a little more than two and a half years. So it's, it's pretty amazing what he was able to do um, and what he's been able to do in a very short period of time. And for some reason, and again, I, I want to kind of explore this thing. I don't, I don't go in with all the answers here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious why he doesn't, I guess this is more of a national thing. And I think there's a little bit of this locally. He isn't appreciated more. Now, um, is it people just say you have too much talent on that team? You should be winning. Maybe. Uh, were they expected to be good coming off a of Super Bowl? Yes. Um, they haven't had massive injuries like uh, Minnesota's had? I, maybe. I don't know. I mean, wh- why do you think it is, Tone, that – let me put it this way. When we, ha- when we have Coach of the Year conversations, and again, there's still a long way to go, but mm-hmm. we talk about Dan Campbell. We talk about Kevin O'Connell. We talk about Stefanski, Mike McDaniel, Doug Peterson, D'Amico Ryans. Like all those guys have their own little thing. Like the Lions have always been terrible. And anytime, boom, you get off to a great start, you're saying to yourself, oh my God, Dan Campbell must be doing something right. Kevin O'Connell was doing it without Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Stefanski's doing it without Deshaun Watson. McDaniel, it's just so fun to watch, you know, whatever they're doing there in Miami. Doug P, I think, is getting a little overlooked for, for a great start. D'Amico Ryan's rookie coach. Uh, Texans have been bad for a while. Now all of a sudden, he's got them going in the right direction. Like, they all have little reasons why I think they get more maybe um, recognition. But what do you think? Um, I honestly think it has something to do with, with his personality. Uh, he, you know, he can be very brazen. Um, he's very rambunctious at times. He's yep. uh, he's super, super. Uh, he wears his heart. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, he speaks his mind for the most part, and he's quirky. And a lot of people don't like that especially when you're winning, right? They yeah. kind of take it as smug. They kind of mm-hmm. take it as you being a bit of a, a jerk or, excuse my French, to kind of look at you like a douche. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, when I when I look at Nick Sirianni, right, I could, I could care less about him winning the Coach of the Year award because, that, because I'm a firm believer that that award is cursed anyway. 
Um, <laughs> any, you know, anyone who wins it typically typically gets fired a year or two later. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not even I, I could care less about the award per se. What I care more so about is the respect he gets as the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles and the impact that he provides. Listen, mm-hmm. you know, whether whether people want to accept it or not, Nick Sirianni paid his dues, right? Yeah. Two, um, 2004, at, at age 23, got his first start at Mount Union being the D-backs coach. Um, and he was and he was at Mount Union for two years in 05, I mean, in 04 and 05. And that's where he played his college ball, too. And that's where he played his college ball. Yeah. Uh, D3 football, by the way. Yep. Um, he started out as a D-backs coach um, from 2004 to 2005. And then from 2006 to 2008, he was the wide, uh, he was the wide receiver coach in, um, at IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Um, if you're from the PA area, you know how that school gets down. Um, a lot of a lot of fun times there. If you ask me, would, would that um, be somebody's alma mater? Uh, my brother's alma mater. My brother, oh, okay. uh, my brother graduated from there. I graduated okay. from California University. Oh, you're California. Okay. Yeah, are, yeah. are they close to one another? Yeah, they're not too far. Close? About an hour and a half, two hours away from each other. Um, okay. but they're but they are college rivals. Gotcha. Um, but but nonetheless, um, they do have great parties though. Um, <laughs> I, but anyway, um, he, uh, from 2006 to 2008. Um, Nick Sirianni paid his dues in, in D2 football at IUP as a wide receivers coach that yeah. finally got his big break in the NFL uh, in 2009 with the Kansas City Chiefs at age 28 as a as an offensive quality control coach. And then he became uh, the assistant quarterbacks coach in 2010. 2011 um, became uh, he was he uh, he uh, was the offensive quality control coach again. 2012 was able to get the big break as the wide receiver coach at Kansas City. And then Andy Reid comes in, takes over, brings in a new staff in 2013. And uh, Nick Sirianni moves on to the San Diego Chargers. He stays there from 2013 to 25 to 2016, and there he's the he's the quality control coach again, the quarterbacks coach for two years, and the wide receivers coach. Um, and he stays there until they move to Los Angeles in 2017. He's still the receiver coach there, and then 2018 gets a big break again, and uh, over the Colts at age 37. Um, being the offensive coordinator for three seasons from 2018 to 2020, then gets to his biggest brick of all, getting the head coaching job in Philadelphia in 2021, takes his team to the playoffs with a nine and eight record. Um, his first year there, taking over a four eleven and one team, uh, gets to the Super Bowl in 2022. In 2023, the story is still yet to be written. So my point is, you can say what you want about Nick Sirianni. You can call him what you want, say what you want. The fact of the matter is, he paid his dues in his league. He paid his dues. In co- you know, in, in the college ranks from D three to D two, and yeah, he wasn't handed up. anything. So he wasn't handed anything, and yeah. he's earned it. So again, all, all the winning he's done the past couple of years, it has to be validated with a Super Bowl win. You cannot squander this opportunity of having two of the best rosters that we've seen in Philadelphia Eagles history. You have to win the big one. Winning is great, but we've seen coaches with great records get booted. We've seen coaches that win Coach of the Year get fired. He has to validate everything that he's went through, everything that he's earned, everything that he's achieved with a Super Bowl win. And he may not be the most um, he may he may not be the most spectacular offensive mind, like you know, like they consider Sean McVay and Mike McDaniel and Kevin Stefanski and all those guys. He doesn't get that kind of praise. But there are some people. There are different aspects of the game that people provide. Um, I learned this from Dan Cilio, Jimmy Johnson. He he didn't call a single play. He was more so a a puppet master. Delegator. He, he was a delegator. He knew what buttons to push at the right time, right? I'm not saying Nick Sirianni is, is Jimmy Johnson at all. That's the, the, that's legend status. But my point is, Nick Sirianni is a CEO coach. You know what I mean? He tried to play calling thing, and he realized that's not really where I'm where, where I'm where I'm strong where I'm strongest. But yeah. the best leaders, in my opinion, they go where they're needed, not 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 where they want to be. 
He needed to be the CEO for this team. He needed to be the delegator of this team. That's what works for him. And he allows his, his personnel, he allows his players, his staff, he allows them to do their jobs. And I think that's his strongest suit. So again, say what you want about Nick Sirianni, but he's earned his way, he's earned his keep, and it has to be validated with a Super Bowl win. Yeah, I, I think uh, what what I admire most about him is th that his teams are prepared week in and week out. I, I don't feel like there, there have been many games in his tenure where I felt like they were unprepared or the lesser prepared team. I feel like they're always better prepared than the other team. And I think there is something to be said for that. I think he showed us early on that he was not um, one who's insecure. He's always saying, look, I'm, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to do things differently. And 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 it's not just coach speak. Um, right. and, and I also think turning over that play calling and be, being willing to be a delegate gator and putting your, your ego on the back burner, I, I think is something that a lot of coaches uh, don't have. I think it's a problem with a lot of coaches. And he didn't care. He thought, you know what? I'm more valuable here to be able to keep my hands in everything rather than being so offensive oriented. And really since that time, it's they've taken off. They were two and five. Think about that. So the rest of that year, uh, they end up going seven and three. Yes. Then they go 14 and three. Then they go nine and one. That's what they've been since he did that. So it was a really monumental shift for his team uh, to get better. And the other part is for the argument that they're, they're uber talented. I'm not going to tell you they aren't talented. How he's done a great job with this roster, but I'm not holding it against Nick at all. You can't hold it. You can't hold it against him. He has a GM that knows how to do his job. So I'm not gonna. I'm not one of those people that's gonna say, "Well, he's he's lucky." No, listen. He 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 had to he had to accept the job, right? He had to right. look at the Eagles and say, "Okay, this GM, I can get behind this." He yeah. he had to take the job as well. He didn't just get forced taking the job. So I'm never going to criticize a quarterback for having certain weapons. I'm never going to criticize a coach for having certain players. At the end of the day, everyone has a job to do, and these coaches, these players. Uh, for the most part, they choose where they want to go. If you right. want to follow the money, okay. If you want to follow um, a stable and try to formula or a system that can work that leads to winning, okay. It's all about where you want to go. So, you know, I'm not going to judge Nick Sirianni for having a, quali a high-quality GM. It is what it is. No, I, I think the other part is, too, like he's developed some of these players, you know, and, and let's give him some credit. You know, Jalen is – I'll just use Jalen as an example. He's obviously a very self-motivated guy, and he obviously had more in the tank than a lot of people anticipated at, mm -hmm. at the NFL level. But there's development there. There's getting this guy better. There's making him better. There's putting him in the best position to succeed. And Sirianni's done that. Shane Steichen did it, and, and Brian Johnson's doing it. So, you know, like to me, give the guy props for that. They developed a quarterback who was taken in the second round, and he's mm -hmm. become a runner-up MVP. So that that in and of itself you deserve some credit for. Absolutely. It takes it takes a village to develop a court to develop yeah. a quarterback. Right. You know, it takes a village to develop you, but it only takes one person to believe in you. And, you know, again, Nick Sirianni, I'm not saying he's the best coach in the league, but I feel like he's the best at what he does. And that's all. You, and, and, and that's all you necessarily need to be. Let me ask you this, Rob. Right. I mean, yeah. and stop me. And stop me from getting too personal. Yes. But have has there ever been a point in your life where you've had to say, you know what, as much as I want to be this person for this situation i need to step back and put my pride and ego to the side and say you know what as much as i want to be this person in this in this situation they need me to be this other person in this yes, situation i have i have i've it, it look i think it happens in any kind of relationship that you have like for example you know marriage sometimes you want to go to the go to the mat with something because you think you're right okay 
you know, sometimes you're better off keeping the peace. Sometimes you're better off just trying to look at it from somebody else's point of view. And, and, and it's, it's better than just being right necessarily or getting the last dig in there, the last word. You know what? Be the bigger man. Be the bigger person. Sometimes you just be quiet. I think you do it when you're parenting a lot. Like there are some things that you want for your kids that maybe they don't want. And you got to understand that. And you got to kind of take a step back a little bit sometimes. And you got to let them live their life and, and make the mistakes and learn from that. And I think coaching's a lot like that. You know, I think understanding personalities is, is not an easy thing. You're dealing with alpha males, man, like dudes who have been the best at every stop of their, their life. And sometimes yes. you got to tell them, guess what? You're going to be coming off the bench or your snaps are going to be limited or we got to let you go. Or you know what? You're not, you don't do this all that, all that well. Let's try to emphasize this. Those are hard conversations that a coach has to have with everybody. And I think with Nick, like, I'm sure it hasn't been easy sometimes. I, and I'm sure when you have a strong personality, like I'm just making this up, like AJ Brown, there are times where you got to have discussions that are frank with him. but, but, but it, it's the way it goes. You know, I think, I think Wentz probably really frustrated him in the last year that Wentz was here, which was his rookie year. I'm sure with, with some of the things that we heard. So I think there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, man. And, and, and what, what makes a great coach isn't just knowing, Hey, I, let's call for a draw play here. It's like, you know what, man, we got to get the best out of this guy. How do I motivate him? And I think Nick's good at that. And I think the players it, it really appreciate that uh, from him, that he's, he's genuine. And I listen, we keep it real here. I get it. Like if he coached another team and he was doing some of that stuff where he's like getting into it with the fans. Like if you see the video, he's running off yelling at Kansas city fans. Yeah. That pisses me off if I'm an, a, a fan of another team. So I think that hurts him. Yeah, uh, it does. Frankly. It does. Yeah. Which goes back to the original point, right? His his personality. Yeah. His personality, a lot of people don't like him. So therefore, it makes it hard for them to root for him or even take his 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 role yeah. um, remotely seriously. But one thing I will say, and I have to respect it, he's authentic. Yes. He's, he's, he's true to himself. Yes. He's authentic. You know, there's you know, there's this thing that I I, I picked up and I'm trying to apply to my own life. Um shout out to the stand-up comedian Dante Nero. He's he has he has his theory based off of this. It's called ACE. It's authenticity, credibility, and empathy. Okay. Those are the three traits that every man, every human must have for them for them to be the best version of themselves. Right. Nick Sirianni has been authentic every year he's been in Philadelphia. He's been credible. His team, his his players, his staff, they trust him. You know what I mean? Right. Anything he says, they believe it. Best best believe if they, if they, if he was blowing a smoke up their behinds, he would not still be here. And we, would see, and we would see it on the field. Case in point, the Los Angeles Chargers, right? Yeah. And then empathy. He understands his guys. He understands what they need. The, as soon as he got here, the first thing he did was have a meeting with the brain trust, oh, with the brain trust on the roster, his veterans, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham had a meeting with those guys and say, okay, what do you guys need from me? What can I do to make sure you guys are in peak shape and peak form once we get the OTAs, training camp, preseason, the regular season, so on and so forth? And he regularly um, consults with his guys. So again, Nick Sirianni, say what you want about him, but at the end of the day, he's producing, he's been a success thus far. He understands his players. He understands how to operate in Harry Roseman's ecosystem, mm-hmm. which is something which is something Doug struggled with, especially after the Super Bowl. Nonetheless, Nick Sirianni understands his situation. He knows how to he knows how to operate and manipulate his situation and take advantage of it. And they're winning again. It always goes back to winning the big one. Man. Can he validate it all with a Super Bowl win? 
It's all left to be seen. And and we would have found out, I in my opinion, we would have found out um, really after the flower speech, which they've gone on a tear since. If if the players didn't buy in, like I, you, there would have been a lot of eye rolls, not a lot of people backing him. But when you had all the veterans say, you know what, when you really listen to it, it makes a lot of sense. And then they go out and play the way that they played ever since he did that. That told me that he's on good fit, footing with his players. His players buy into him, and he's not just one who who does like all the antics that you see on the sideline or some of the other other stuff is who he is all the time. Because if it wasn't Believe me, that stuff will get old really quick. These guys can sniff out a fraud in two seconds. Mm-hmm. They, they've been around long enough, especially the older guys. Where they all know. these guys in the league, all these guys can smell a fraud. All yes. of them. Yeah, that's why. That's why you look at some of these teams again. The Chargers are one of them. They know Brandon Steele is a fraud. They don't believe yep. nothing he says. Yes. Um, what's another situation uh, in the league right now? That's just. Um, do you think and this and this, this this ties back to the Bills? Do you think Sean McDermott's message is staling? And and, and I'm gonna we're gonna ask our guy, yeah, um, Catalina um, later on about this. But do you think uh, his his message, what he's getting across to his players, is starting to, is starting to get sour? My honest answer is, I, I, I'm in fairness, I'm gonna say I don't know right now. Um, okay. If I see this trend continue the rest of the year with these same kind of mistakes, then my answer is going to be yes. Um, I, I'm not quite ready to go there yet with him. Okay, fair enough. Um, that's fair. But 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 I think you know, and that, that's why we always <clears throat> week of, <clears throat> excuse me, we try and get somebody with some perspective on the the opposing team, and and Mike Catalana co- covers them every day. Who, who we're going to be talking to at one o'clock. So I'm I'm be very interested because it's one of the first questions I'm going to ask him. It's weird. You have a Buffalo team coached by a guy who's from the Philadelphia area, McDermott. Uh, and then you have a, a Philly team coached by a buff, the guy with Buffalo ties. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I looked around the league at guys who I, certainly the Chargers are like poster children for this, but go back to uh, Josh McDaniels. The Raiders didn't believe in that guy a little bit right? from the beginning, and, and he's out the door. I'll tell you the other one. Denver guys clearly bought into Sean Payton. Yeah, with all of his bluster. Right, and that could have they could have all just been like, dude. Because remember at the beginning, he came in with all these new rules: oh, no back, no, no backwards hats, no yep. no sunglasses on the side. Like he he came in with these rules, right? And you can lose a locker room that way. But I think they I think they also understood that. Okay, let's let's give this guy a chance. He has pedigree in this league, and yep. we've been t- we were terrible last year. We have we have no leg to stand on. Let's let's see how this thing goes. Right, exactly. So I think he's one who. I think, and the other thing is, it's easier for a guy like Peyton to be respected because Peyton has gravitas. Mm. That guy won a Super Bowl, was a hell of a coach for a long time in one place. Sean, I mean, Nick Sirianni was in his first year here. So you could have easily just checked out on him quicker. You know, Belichick has gotten a longer rope, obviously, than than almost anybody would get because of how how great he's been. But I think that message has gotten stale in New England. I do. Now I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen, but I don't. I don't. I think they've done a bad job with talent, but I also think the the guys are kind of checked out on him. Which I hope you know. Hey, I don't know. I think what's going to happen at the end of the year, Tone, is I think there could be a mutual parting of the ways. I want out. You want me out. Let Let's see other people. Bye bye. I really think that could happen. Man, it's, it's it, it. It all remains to be seen, man. Um, but again, it just goes back to. You know, not every coach is put into the best situation, but it's what you do in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, Nick Sirianni picked up four eleven one team. Dan Campbell is has turned around the Detroit Lions. I mean, let's let's just be honest about this. You know, there 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 are some guys. There are some guys who just who who just don't have the the poise or they don't have the stones or the personality to really navigate certain situations that have been turbulent before them and are trying to get it back on track. It's not an easy task, man. Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. I mean, he's yeah. turned around Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, come on, man. So you got to give, you got like, so some of these coaches, regardless of how you may feel about their, their overall impact on winning, I guess you could say, or they're, if they're, if they're not the wonder boy or the golden child amongst these guys, like a Sean McVay or Mike McDaniel, you, you you got you got to pay attention to what guys bring to their you know to their table, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's table comes in different sizes, different shapes, you know, different you know different wood finishes. Everyone has their own table. Yeah. What do what do you bring to your table? Yes, right, yeah. and that and that's all that matters to me. I agree. I agree. All right, let's come back. Uh, we're going to push our NFL segment up to twelve thirty because we have Mike Catalana uh, coming up from Buffalo at one o'clock. So we're going to come back, hit you with a bunch of different things. Yeah, we, we, we talked about how um, some of the things that Tom Brady had to say yesterday uh, regarding the the way that he thinks the league is trending toward mediocrity. I want to get back into that, uh, among a lot of other things as well. So we've got a lot to do. And interestingly enough, all three games tomorrow on Thanksgiving Tone have Eagles tie-ins. Mm. All three. So we'll get into that. And there's a game Friday as well. So we'll talk about all those things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you Thanksgiving Eve. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. Yeah, I've, I've told you I've had them out here and pro-action restoration uh, because I had a leak, because I had water damage. They are uh, they are handling um, all of the um, remodeling that I need done here. Uh, contracting, uh, painting, carpentry, uh, carpets, the whole nine, because I had a lot of damage done from a flood. And they've been awesome. They've been awesome. So if you have a home, you have a business, a property, and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property, uh, you know how challenging that can be. But the good thing is ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, if it's water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your home uh, or something else that you're not sure about, um, you can reach out and give them a call, 610 623-3760, 610-623-3760. 623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428-267. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 
$100 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Changed out the water. We're good. All right, so we're good. We're keeping up. We're keeping pace <laughs> for all of you scoring at home. Uh, welcome back in, everybody. Oh right. man, hey, bro, let me ask you a question, man. Yeah. Let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, right? Mm-hmm. And you know me, I, I like I like to get personal sometimes, so yeah. don't mind me, man. I always I always like to uh, you know to know what's going on with my guys here. Yes. So you know I, you know I always get that that customary text from my mom. You know, uh, any grandkids yet? <laughs> and and I'm and I'm like and I'm like mom, you know, um, not 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 quite, not quite. Yeah. Um, I'm 28. I'll be 29 later on you this year, time. but I'm, I got plenty of time, right? So I'm I'm curious, right? You know, what kind of parent 
are you and were you? You know, as you you, you know, as, you know, as your kids were growing up, you know what I mean? Were you the were you the hard ass? You know, were you kind of the you know let your kids kind of just go and do you pull them in when you need to? Like, what what kind of parent are you and were you? All right, I was definitely the bad cop. I had to I had to play that role. It sucked, but I had to be the bad cop. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was the one like you know, let's go. You got to do your homework. You got to work hard. And, you know, whether it was sports or whether it was academics or whatever the case may be. And then when we hit the teenage years, which was easier, it was weird, strangely easier with my son than it was with my daughter. Uh, it's not strange at all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, even even now, like she's home from school and I'm like, hey, you got to do it. She's like, oh, my God, I'm on break. Like, please, like, you know, give me, you know, whatever. And it's like, so I hate to be the nag guy and I try not to be the nag guy. But sometimes mm -hmm. like I always thought of it this way. I'm not here to be your buddy. I'm here to be your parent. And if that means in the end you turn out to be a good person, I'll take all the bullets now. And you thinking I'm mean or I'm this or I'm that. Hopefully the message gets across. Yeah, and, and you're <laughs> yeah. So I had to be that guy. But it's 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 fun as they get older to be able to relate to them in more adult ways. That that part mm -hmm. of it's nice where you're not. It's not, you know, clean up your room and blah, blah. it's not that stuff anymore. So that's nice. But no, had to be the bad guy would have liked to have been the good guy more, but that's not the way it went. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. Hey, how about, hey, how do you envision yourself? Uh, it's a hard thing to envision until you're in it. You know what? You know what's so funny? If, if I'm being honest with myself and who I am, I know for a fact I'm going to be, I'm going to be the bad cop. Yeah. But then... I'm also going to be that parent where it's like, hey, listen, don't tell your mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, because like, like for example, I like watching scary movies, right? Yeah. My wife is like not really into them like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to watch this with you know with the kids. She's like, no, nah, you're not watching this. I, I watch a lot of different stuff. She's like, no, nah, you can't watch this stuff with you know with a kid. Right. Because growing up, my dad watched we watched all kind of movies together. You know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't really no limits really. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, like I I'm I'm such a stickler sometimes i can be a little bit of a stiff with how i want things to be done and expectation and i know what i expect out of myself so um i know for a fact i'm probably going to be that that parent that's a little bit more demanding i, I yeah I'm yeah gonna, this is the if i'm being real with who i am and being true to who i am i think that's that's probably likely what it's going to be i'm going to be overprotective i'm going to need to know where you are over time i'm going to be that guy Yes. And that's what i was i i, I was an m uh for sure uh totally and, and Look, you're, there's always going to be stuff you wish you would have handled differently. There's no doubt. It's right. this life. It's like everything. Man. You, it, it all ties in. And I always say to my kids, like, there are things you want to learn. There's a lot you can learn from your parents. Hopefully, most of it is good and the right. way you want to do things. And other things are not the way I'm going to do it. And I, I, I consider having myself having great parents. But there are things that I, I wasn't going to do it the way that they did certain things. Just wasn't. And Agreed. that's okay, too. You know, that that's that's life, you know, and yeah. they learn things off of everybody. Yeah, parents aren't perfect, you know, they're, they're learning too. So yeah, I, I feel exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, good talk though. I, I appreciate that. Good of course, talk. man. Anytime. Um, all right. So NFL wise, Tom Brady threw this out yesterday, and I think some people went into the mode of like, oh, he you know, he's in his first year removed and he's just dumping on the players now and and, and this and that. I don't know, man. Like I listened to what he said and I think he made a lot of good points, honestly. Um, so he was he was ta just talking about 
sort of the way things are done, how you're not really helping the players get better in some ways. And he, at least to his credit, he really kind of laid out in detail what he was thinking. He said, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. He told this to Stephen A. Smith on his podcast. He said, I think the coaching isn't as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. And I don't think the schemes are as good as they were. And he, he laid it out. He said, the rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I think the product, in my opinion, is less than it's been. And the numbers do back up some of the stuff that he's saying. Um, and he said that the, the, the sport is hampered uh, by some of the rules, meaning, you, you know, the physicality. You're, you're trying to protect and, and keep the guys healthy, but at the same time, it's hurting the game. And he said, I look at players like Ray Lewis, Rodney Harrison, Ronnie Lott, the guys that impacted the game in a certain way, and every hit they would have now would be a penalty. And fundamentals are hurt by that. And, and he said, as far as the offensive players go, they need to protect themselves. It's not up to the defensive play. Well, anyway, but but about a lot of this stuff. And he said, actually, the college players were better prepared when he was coming out because they were in systems, because the players weren't changing hands every two seconds. The coaches weren't moving on every two seconds. He stayed at Michigan all four years. He was there. So he got better development coming out. So they were some of his reasons behind it. I, you know, it didn't come off to me as like get off my lawn stuff. I think it was. I think it was genuine. I think yeah, it was very, yeah. very, um, it was very astute by him because nothing he said is wrong. If we're being completely yeah. honest, he kind of, yeah. he kind of laid out facts and then laid out why those facts either work or don't work mm -hmm. for the league. You know what I mean? Agreed. And I think, I think, um, the other part of it is, and I think I pointed this out to you yesterday. He, there also has to be a piece of him that says, okay, well, part of the reason I put, Tom, if he's asking himself an honest question, would he have played to 45, 46 years old if he played in the 80s or 90s? He wouldn't have because the game is more physical. Mm -hmm. It was more physical and you're protected more as a quarterback. So in a way, he should be very thankful for the way that the rules are today. For sure. Um, for sure. Rather than the way that they were. They've gotten softer for sure. So see, see, I, I can respect his opinion because he had to play in so many different areas of the game. Right. Being drafted in what in 2000. Right. Yeah. So he experienced the NFL from the year 2000 when Ray Lewis and those guys were at their prime. Ed Reed and those boys, Troy Palomalo, when they were balling, he experienced that era all the way up until 2022, where these guys, you barely can touch offensive players now. So if anyone can give an opinion about this, it's him because he played in you. You can make an argument. He played in what? Maybe. How long is the era? Right. Ten years. Yeah, he, he covered two eras. I mean, it, it I think the era is just like the people view it as the Brady Manning uh, breeze. I get. I'm just trying to think of the quarterbacks. You would, you would, you would. Who else would you throw in that category? Brady I mean, Man, Brady Manning, Roethlisberger, Rogers. May was Rogers um, late to he? he Rogers, I would say I would say Rogers is a. T I, nonetheless, though, the point yeah. is he he played in many. He played in many different versions of the NFL. He experienced so many rule changes, and a lot of them did benefit him. Mm -hmm. Also, he won big in all those different eras. So if anybody can give an opinion like that that I'm going to respect and I'm actually going to listen to, it's going to be him. Yeah. Because right. it, it, it's not like he's coming off as this bitter guy that never was successful. He No, it's not. See, that's why right. sometimes the message can be right, but if it comes from the wrong person, it won't True. land. The, the message is right, and it also came from the right person, and that's usually rare these days. So – um. His opinion, I appreciate it, and it's refreshing 
right to hear Tom Brady speaking this way candidly um, about the NFL. And he says something really interesting to me, right? Uh, the fact that there aren't any real programs anymore in college. There are teams, obviously, but there aren't any legit programs. And that's a good point. Now, nowadays, you know, especially with all these rankings and, you know, depending on how you look and all that kind of stuff in college and guys just trying to get to the league and all that, you know, and, and coaches really, and coaches making all this money. Now, coaches more so, they don't care about developing a guy. They care more so about, is this guy ready now? Can yeah. he win for me now? Right? Per case in point, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts needed more grooming, but Nick Saban said, no, I need, I need someone who's ready now. Who can win for me now? Who can do what I need? Who can do what I need now? And that was two at the time, right? Jalen yeah. Hurts, clearly he is who he is now. And Tua is who he is. And they're both very good quarterbacks in their own right. And they do different things well. But again, these college coaches, they're not trying to develop guys anymore. They can, that, that's why that's why these kids are transferring because they aren't getting the, the fair opportunity to develop and get real playing time, right? They 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 will they will start a freshman over a guy who's been putting in the work because the freshman can do the job quicker. Yeah. Rather rather than rather than the job rather than rather than the success being sustainable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like again, there are more college teams than rural programs. And you know, I can't argue with what Tom Brady said, man. Um, again, I don't think he sounds bitter. I don't think he sounds any of those things. Again, right message, right person. And, and, right. and that combination is rare in 2023. All right. So a couple other things. Shaq Leonard cut uh, six seasons with Indy. Two back surgeries. He's going to go through waivers. He's not going to be claimed on waivers, or at least it's highly of unlikely uh, because of the contract. So he clears waivers. If that's the case, then he's just straight up a free agent and anybody can mm -hmm. grab him. The way the waiver wire works is the worst team gets the first crack at him. So once he clears waivers, he's anybody's game. He, he picks it. He picks where he goes. He's, he's going to have suitors for sure. I, you know, if I'm the Eagles, I at least fly him in and see what's going on. I mean, I, I'm worried about a guy who, who's had multiple back surgeries and, and, you know, who was, who was really. I mean, highly thought of and was a stud for that team. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. they feel like he can't even get on the field. That would worry me, but I would at least look at him on the, yeah. it's worth a shot. I also, I also think it was the money that they, that he would have been owed too. They probably felt like, true. Is he worth this price tag at this point? Probably not. Yeah. So am I, if I'm the Eagles, do I look at him? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can never have too much talent on defense. You, especially, especially with them right now, lacking depth at the linebacker position. Um, it definitely would help. And also he's, He's a pretty electric. He's a pretty electric player. Um, Shaq Leonard. He just. He's you know again what when he was healthy, a guy who was very productive in his own right. Um, let me just look at this right now. His uh, his situation as far as stats go, because again I always felt like he was a, a guy that that did damage. Six two, two hundred thirty pounds, 20, 28 years old, three time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, um, twenty eighteen Defensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, the dude has the dude has a pedigree. You know, when he was healthy. Um, let's look at this right here, right? Rookie year, seven sacks. Second season, five sacks. Twenty twenty, he had three sacks, and then that's when things started to go. Uh, and then twenty twenty one, he played all sixteen games. Then after that, things kind of started going downhill as far as his health going. Twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. These past two years have been really bad for him, but he's a tackling machine and knows how to do the job very very well. So, um. It doesn't hurt to bring him in, maybe for depth. 
Uh, you know, but we'll we'll see how this thing pans out, man. Um, he ha- he'll have his pick of the litter. Someone's going to bring him in as a rotational guy for sure. No doubt. Uh, Zach Wilson said he wasn't scapegoated. Uh, he didn't play well well enough. The offense didn't produce. He said he uh, he said he thinks he's a better player, but the production is what it is. So at least I'll give him that. There's no excuses being made. The thing you can't get away from is they scored nine offensive touchdowns of this season as a team mm. in ten mm. games. Less than a touchdown per game produced offensively. It's oh, bad, yeah, bad, 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 bad. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's unacceptable, dude. I'm yeah, looking at terrible. some of these some of these numbers. It's just my yeah. God, you know, you can't even you can't make some of this stuff up. Well, uh, here, three here. three years in a row, he has more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah, can't do anything about that, man. At, at least he's honest. Because last year, some of the biggest problems with him was his ego and feeling like he deserved more opportunity, and he was being, you know, he chunked didn't out of responsibility. Yeah, he just right. Didn't. He never. Yeah, this year, I think you know, I think he got humbled, and you know, all you can do is respect the guy for, um, you know, wearing it on his sleeve and, you know, taking accountability. He didn't produce. He knows that, and it is what it is. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now, just staying on the Jets for a minute. <laughs> A-Rod. A-Rod is now jogging, hopes to practice in two weeks. So that would be three months post-surgery for a torn Achilles that he would be out there practicing. And he said he was asked, you know, the Jets have struggled. They're probably not going to be in the playoffs. Does that change the way you're going about coming back? And he said the two are mutually exclusive. I'm still trying to come back and play this year. Here's the thing. If you're out of it by the time he's ready to roll, don't you have an obligation as the Jets organization to put your foot down and say, we love what you're doing, man. Props for an unbelievable, unbelievably quick comeback. But you're not playing. We're not going to risk you getting hurt and, and not having you next year, too. Uh, maybe it's Listen, me. Man. I don't know. No, no, no. It ain't you. Let me tell you this right now, man. You say he's jogging, right? Yeah. I went for it. I went for a jog this morning. Uh, I don't think I'm ready to go out there and deal with those 230, 240 pound edge rushers smacking yeah. me around. Yeah. I don't think I'm ready for that. A jog doesn't mean a damn thing. Mm-hmm. So holla at me, A Rod, when you're able to plant, cut, shift in the pocket, where you're able to take a few hits that you know, you know, in the midsection or take a few hits. Um, you know, you know, you know, at the legs, you know, uh, can you avoid some nah, nah, nah man? Nah, I'm not buying it. A-Rod, stop trying to stay in the news, dude. Relax. You're out of Green Bay. Um, you're in New York. People people, people are always going to care about you. You're still considered one of the elite talents in the league, even, even despite your age. Just 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 take it easy, dog. You're not you're not coming back. It's it, it's it's you know what? You ever hear somebody uh you know tell you, you know, tell you a, a, a weird old story? It's like a hey, cool story, bro. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those situations. It's like, all right, dude. All right. <laughs> So we'll see, we'll see, but he he'll be an idiot if he steps on that if he steps on the turf this year. I, I hear you, I hear you. Um, Drew Brees's um, arm and shoulder are so banged up that he can only throw a ball left-handed now. That's what? sad. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, he was on uh, Mike Greenberg's show on ESPN Radio. He's forty-four now. I mean, he, so basically, what he said was he's been um, laying low lately too. You haven't heard much from him either. He has laid low. You're right. He said he'd still be playing if he could throw a, a football with his right arm because of the major shoulder surgery that he suffered in 2005. That's not possible anymore. Um, he talked about, you know, he retired in 2021 and said Tuesday there might have been a feeler or two out there 
for a year or two after his retirement. And then he added, look, I'll let you know on a little fact. I don't throw with my right arm anymore. My right arm does not work. So when I throw in the backyard right now, I'll throw left-handed. So that's, that's, uh, you know, that's the price that you pay, man. That's the, that's the beat down that these guys go through. Um, and, and this is what it's, you know, what it's like a lot of times after life. And this is why I'm all for them getting every penny that they can possibly get. And claim some guys, own. some guys retire and they can't even wipe their own ass. You know it's what true. I mean? Like that, that, that's how bad it gets. So, um, yeah, I'm always for players getting every penny, man, because the league yeah. is, the league is going to kick you to the curb the moment you're no longer useful. Amen. Get as much money as you can play. Amen. All right. So, uh, this guy. All right. So you re- you 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 got you're, you mentally prepared for some for some uh, Jim Ursay in, in your world. All right. So the Colts owner Jim Ursay was on HBO Sports, which is in its last year, by the way. HBO Sports. And really? He sat, yeah. And he sat down with Andrea wow. Kramer uh, and discussed. He had a 2014 arrest for operating a vehicle while intoxicated, and the the, the re- in his opinion. The result of the of him getting pulled over was police prejudiced against him for being a rich white billionaire. Yes. <laughs> okay. So when asked why he pleaded guilty, he said, "Quote just to get it over with." He said, "I'm prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. Uh, I'm just the if I'm just the average guy down the block, they're not pulling me over. Of course not." Uh, Ursay was asked how he thought his assertion would be received. He said, I don't care what it sounds like. It's the truth. I could give a damn what people think, how anything sounds or sounds like the truth is the truth. And I know the truth. Uh, the police who pulled him over, uh, said that he failed a field sobriety test, uh, had trouble reciting the alphabet. Um, he claims that he was at a low point. He had just come off hip surgery. Um, Said he'd be in the car for 45 minutes, and they asked him to walk the line. He said, are you kidding me? I can barely walk at all. I'm coming off hip surgery. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the police discovered various prescription drugs in his vehicle and $29,000 in cash. Toxicology report showed that Ursa had the painkillers Oxycontin, Hydrocodone, and alpha Al- Alprazolium. Um, to treat anxiety in his system uh, during his arrest. So there you go. Um, Jim Ursay, my friends. Yep. Uh, where, where do we start? Um, Wait, here's, even if you take out the insanity of the, the white billionaire thing, they found pills in your car and in your system, dude. Like, what am I missing? What are we talking about? Is, what am it, I missing? Is the, to- is the toxicology report prejudice as well? Right, like, like what and, the we... 20, and the and the twenty nine thousand in cash and all the pills they found in your car was that? Did these cops plant Dog, that on you? You Is driving? Her... Uh, listen, uh, come on, listen, man. man. Let's let's. I would let's... never want to play. I would look on a million for a million reasons. I'd never want to be a, a, a play for that guy. Be a part of that organization. I don't even know where to start. But... Let's just let's let's just adjust this thing real quick, right? They pulled you over because you were a rich white billionaire yes huh wow if that was the reason somebody pulled me over i think i'll i'll take that me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you put yeah this 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 can't be he's you know what 
He's delusional. There are some people who are, you know, okay, you've seen The Matrix, right? Hell yeah. You know, and, you know, obviously Morpheus and those guys, they live in the real world. Machines are destroying everything. They're trying to survive, right? And then you have people like the Merovigian who lives in the Matrix. Everything is perfect and everything is to their liking. That's where Ursae is. Ursae is living in the Matrix. He's 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 so disillusioned. He and and you know what? It that that's that kind of stuff comes with being a rich white billionaire. You know, when you ha- you have the ability to just say the most ignorant things out of your mouth. Yep. Like they pulled you over because you're a rich white billionaire. Not the fact that you were probably speeding like a madman. Not not the fact that you could. Not the fact that you had twenty thousand dollars. And, and drugs in your car. None of those things matter, apparently. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and the and police look. department were basically like, he failed the sobriety test. He had drugs in his system. We found drugs on his person. We found $29,000 in his car. Like, what else do we need? What else do you need from us here? This is a family guy episode. Like, like he, like, and I'll put it to like this, Rob. If, if I ever was making a certain amount of money, I, I would barely drive anywhere. Oh, dude, I'm with you. I, I would barely drive anywhere. I would have a driver all the time. Yeah, I don't. Want, I wouldn't have to deal with any of those headaches. You know I mean, uh, now that's not to say I wouldn't drive to make a little like little thing, little runs. But like, if I'm if I know I'm going out on town, no, yeah, I'm not driving anywhere. My driver is also my security. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not putting my hand on any steering wheel. You feel you feel me? So it's just. Come on, man. This this this, this dude is a, is a joke, man. We we, we can move on. He's a joke. He's a, he he's he's quite honestly a joke. All right. So uh, Joey Bosa IR with that foot. He just can't seem to stay healthy. Yeah, uh, man, that sucks. Uh, Michael Thomas, who another one, he can't stay healthy, man. It's a shame. Uh, he goes to the IR with a knee injury now. He's missed so much time the last. There was a years. there was a point where Michael Thomas was was arguably one of the best receivers in the league. Hundred percent. And it's almost like it never even happened. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just, it's a, it's a shame. It's just not not happening. Uh, Lamar Jackson good to go with the ankle. He will practice. So here's the here's the good thing for for tomorrow's games. So you have ties to the Eagles in all three games being played tomorrow. Early game is Packers Lions. Middle game is Commanders Cowboys. Late game is 49ers Seahawks. If you think about it, Lions are right behind the Eagles. In, in the seating for, for, for number one seed Cowboys are they're there and the 49ers are there. So your, your, your job tomorrow, in addition to having fun with all the, all that you're doing root very hard for the Packers mm-hmm. root very hard for the commanders root very hard for the Seahawks. There, there's your, if you're, if you're looking for rooting interest with the Eagles not playing tomorrow, there you go. Cause losses by all of those teams would immensely help the birds. Trust me when Man. I tell you that. Now the odds of that happening, uh, slim, you know, slim, 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 slim. I'd probably take it? one out of three, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let, let's do that. Right. What's the What's the one? What's the one that you want the most? If you ask me, I would love for Green Bay to beat Detroit. That's what the one I need the most. Yeah. I. I yeah. They're the closest. They're the only. They're the one with two losses. Everybody else, the other, the other two have three. Dallas mm-hmm. and, and San Fran have three, so they're the one. Yeah, I mean, look, am I always going to love a Cowboys loss? Of course, but the of one course. that's closest, I want them knocked off. So yes, it would be the Lions. Hundred percent, it would be the Lions. Yeah, 
I mean, I worry about the Seahawks because they're all banged up. Geno Smith's yeah. banged up. Kenneth Walker's banged up. And it's a short week, so. Yeah, I don't feel great about that one, man. I, I, But but Seattle's a tough place to play. So, you know, it, it could happen. There's also a Friday game this week. You got the Dolphins and the Jets. So strange. <clears throat> I, so I think it's kind of cool, though. I mean, it used to be all college football on Black Friday. Now, now they are. The NFL's just like, you know, we're jumping in there, fellas. Live with it, you know? Did you know, really quickly before we get our guest on, Yeah. did you know, uh, I think Amazon paid somewhere around, um, was it $100 million or I, I can't remember. I, I want to make sure I got that number right. They paid an exuberant amount of money to get that game. Um, uh, oh, I'm sure. I, I believe it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, considering what they paid for Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, it was. it's insane. I'm, I'm trying to find it now, but. Regardless, though, I, I heard that Amazon paid this insane, yeah, insane amount of money to get that game. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, um, it's the Jets, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I got you. All right, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Mike Catalano is going to join us, uh, and we'll talk Buffalo Bills. We'll get the lowdown on what's going on with the Bills, get his thoughts on the Eagles, as Mike is a South Jersey guy as well. So we'll dig into all of that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Day. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. They're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they're experts at trimming trees of any type, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610 610- 850-2848-610-850-2848 or online at flintreeservices.com. That's flintreeservices.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. 
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Welcome back in, everybody. Rob Mellis and my guy, Tony Shields, hanging out with our Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Thanksgiving Eve. And again, hope you all have a great Thanksgiving with yourself, your family, and however you, you, you celebrate, whoever you're celebrating with, that's for sure. All right. Bills coming up. Bills coming up this Sunday. Big game with the Eagles. This is part of that stretch of games that we we circled as soon as the schedule came out. Certainly, and I, you know, I don't think we thought going in that Buffalo would be six and five at this juncture in the season. So let's get to the bottom of why that is the case. And we are joined next by Mike Catalana, who does an excellent job covering the Bills. He is the sports director, thirteen WHAM and Buffalo Plus on YouTube. Mike, what's up, my man? How you doing? All good, all good, Rob. Good to see you, Tom. Mike, great to see you as well, man. Um, so let's start with that very, very basic question. If you had to put your finger on why this team's six and five, what would it be, Mike? Yeah, I just think this has been a very, very inconsistent football team. They started out the year with a horrendous game against the Jets, and I think we all learned pretty quickly that Jets defense is good. But everybody remembers. That's the game where Aaron Rodgers, you know, had the Achilles injury, four snaps in. So you figure, oh, the Bills will take care of it. And Josh Allen was atrocious in that game. Now he took the heat, took the blame, and then played really well for a few weeks, blew out the Dolphins. He always blows out the Dolphins. And then they fell apart again. And Allen started making mistakes. The offense fell asleep. I mean, fellas, they lost to the Jets. They lost to the Patriots who when the Eagles play them at the beginning of the year, maybe they look like they could be okay. They were in a horrendous stretch, and the Bills went there and lost. They lost to the Broncos back at home. They almost lost to Tampa. They almost lost to Terod Taylor and the Giants. So Mm. they were really struggling. Allen was struggling. I think they found a little now, but they deserve to be 6-5. and You know, Mike, uh, first and foremost, thanks again for coming onto the platform. We really appreciate your time, sir. Um, it's, it's so Josh Allen's career is so fascinating to me because 
he's easily one of the top three most talented quarterbacks in this game. It's no debate about it. His ability to just make things happen is is, is tremendous. But you know, with great with great power comes great responsibility. And you know, I, I don't really care about turnovers that much. It's a new NFL. You pass the ball a lot. You're going to throw interceptions. They happen. But it seems like his interceptions are so costly. They're so damning. Um, wh- what do you think has been the issue with Josh Allen and his development and trying to be uh, a more, um, I-, I guess, effective quarterback? Again, he's efficient. You see he's completing yeah. 70% of his passes. He-, he gets it done, but it's the turnovers. Well, what's the disconnect here? Yeah. Um, look, some of it is coaching. There are Bills fans yeah. who will say, just let Josh be Josh. And we've seen moments of that. We call it the Josh Allen experience. You guys have all seen it. Yeah. Sleeping over people, hurtling, great throws, all that stuff. Fellas, that's not the way he's been turning the ball over this year. We talk about arm arrogance from a guy like Allen where he thinks, I can make that throw, and then it gets picked. That's not what he's been doing. It's bad decision-making. Look, I don't think that Ken Dorsey, the now former offensive coordinator, was really putting him in a good spot, and people think they were trying to tone Allen down. They were trying to keep him from making some of the mistakes he's made. It's been bad reads and bad throws, not necessarily squeezing the ball into a tight spot and getting picked off. So he is an incredible talent. Look, this week against the Jets, this past week, he played much better. You saw some of that fire come back. I think fans have been looking for him to sort of liven up again the way he's been. He thinks he's back a little, which we'll see now coming into Philly, but He is a tremendous talent. He has been at a really, really, real high level. And when Brian Dable left, things changed a bit. Now he's hoping to get that back with Joe Brady as his new OC. Mike, do you think, like, we heard some of this. um, I don't think he took as much accountability. Let me me be real about this. But we saw a little bit of this with Carson Wentz here where it became, became kind of a hero ball thing, where he was just trying to make plays back there, whether it was holding the ball too long or bad turnovers or those kind of things. Josh has said all the right things. I remember leading into the season, he talked about how I got, I got to turn it over less and I can't be this bad in the red zone and, and, and et cetera. But do you think he really gets it? Because it seems like when he gets on the field, it doesn't necessarily translate to what he's saying prior to the game. Yeah, look, I'm big on a quarterback taking accountability, even when it's a little bit of the fake accountability because I think <laughs> that plays well with the teammates. Right. Right. In that first game, I'm in the press room at, the, at MetLife Stadium after they've lost that game, and he was – Uh, angry at himself and he took the accountability and he said when your quarterback plays like crap you can't win games like he really owned it and I told my guys I work with I go I think that was a seminal moment for him that was a tipping point where he's like I can't do this and then we saw him turn around for a while and then he fell back into it again and the mistakes were just so frustrating and look there's taking accountability and I'm in the media room in or Park after they lose to Denver, and he's sitting there sort of despondent and not really, look, I get it, you're upset after a game, but you're the quarterback. Stand up and take it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that he wasn't taking it. He really wasn't saying anything. And I think he needed to snap out of it. So um, I think he does do that. I think Mm -hmm. his teammates support him. I don't think there's a question about that. But at times when it's going this way, you paid him a quarter of a billion dollars. Like, you're going to expect this out of him. Not that right. you don't expect mistakes, but I do think that he's needed to sort of, I made the joke, like, you know, I'm old enough. Maybe Rob would know this too. The the movie Moonstruck where she smacks him in <laughs> the face. out of it. Snap yeah. out of it, right? <laughs> Jared. Yeah. At this week, I said yeah. it to two people I work with. They looked at me like, what, 
Country. Yeah, it's the best feeling when you throw a reference out there. It just dies but on it, mind. But it yeah. fit. And then he yeah. seems yeah. to have snapped out of it. So you may be seeing at least the okay. more connected version of Josh this weekend. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we briefly touched on, like, you know, coaching turnover and mm-hmm. just problems with coaching, right? Uh, Sean McDermott, you know, he's he's been coaching there for a handful of years now. Um, they've had success. They made it to, I believe, an AFC championship before. Um, they They've always been in the thick of it, right? Um, I felt like last year in, in, in that Bengals matchup at home, um, that was that was alarming, at least for me. Right. You know, just watching that game. And I'm curious to know what's what's been your evaluation of Sean McDermott as a head coach right now? Some people say he's on the hot seat. Some people say, well, they just paid him. So how can he be um, again? Again, what's been your evaluation of Sean McDermott over the past several years and more specifically him as a coach this year and how he's handled Josh Allen and all the turbulence? Yeah, it's been a different kind of year. Look, we always use the line NFL stands for not for long, right? In Philly, mm-hmm. you know, Doug Peterson wins the Super Bowl. A few years later, he's out. I mean, <laughs> you got to tell us. <laughs> yeah, right. So it can happen. But keep in mind the history of this franchise when Sean McDermott came in. I mean, just, mm-hmm. I mean, I this is 35 years for me covering this team. So I was there for all the glory years and then 20 years of nothing. Mm-hmm. They were They were irrelevant. Sean McDermott comes in, gets him to the playoffs in 2017, breaks the drought, rebuilds the team, brings in Josh Allen. They get to the playoffs. Then they get to the AFC title game. The problem has been, you know, you run into the Chiefs, and that's one thing. But then last year you run into the Bengals, and it's clear now that the Bengals had taken the spot above the Bills. So it's been a little bit rougher. But if you're the ownership of the Bills, you're sitting there going, we had Doug Marone and Rex Ryan before this guy. Mm -hmm. And now look what we have. So – they need that stability, and I think Sean has been pretty good, but he moved on from Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, took over that role. Now he's moved on from his OC. So the target is right on him. He needs Joe Brady to be good. He needs to be good. I'm not saying they're moving on from him. It would have to be somebody that they feel maybe offensively can take them to another level if they decided to do it, but this is certainly the most heat he's ever felt in Buffalo. Brady was was the hot guy for a minute, you know, and and it all kind of cooled off with him, and then he resurfaced in Buffalo. Um, how much? Of, I guess twofold here, Mike. How much of it do you think was Dorsey, and what is your expectation of Brady kind of getting this? It's not like the numbers are bad. I mean, they're they're seventh in scoring, but yeah, the, you know, to kind of honus this and and get it head it where it needs to be consistently. Look. <laughs> I think Dorsey's a very bright guy. Obviously, he was a very successful player in college as a quarterback. He knows the game. I don't think he really had the connection with Josh Allen. Brian Dable did. Dable is, you know, sort of the guy's guy, and it just worked with Allen. And he could, he built him up and then got him to that place, and he had that relationship with him. Dorsey was around with him. It just was different. And people who I trust in the league would tell you that the Bills were some of the most predictable offensive sets going in the league mm. and you have Josh Allen at quarterback and Stefan Diggs, like you have players that can make plays and they were predictable. So I think not only is it a change and maybe in some philosophy, but it's also a connection. And it was interesting when Joe Brady took over, the first thing he did was got on his news conference and he was like, I'll take Josh Allen over every guy in the league. I mean, he pumped him up big first day. He's got that sort of, you know, Good feel with Allen. He's 34 years old. He just, you know, he was with Joe Burrow in college, right? Mm -hmm. He's got that with him. And I think Allen needed that. I think he needed to snap out of it that way. So I think they've made that connection. 
The next step is, can you call the plays, right? Can you make it work week in, week out? I mean, we know the Jets have a good defense. He called a really good game for that one, and it worked. But now the question is, you put some of that on tape. The Eagles have seen it. Every other team's going to see it. Can you evolve as a play caller with Allen with a short period of time left in this season? Mike, you uh, briefly referenced uh, Stefan Diggs. Um, yeah. Over the past couple years, it kind of seems like um, him and Allen's relationship has kind of been um, up and down. Um, and then you have uh, his brother, Trevon Diggs, who's currently nursing um, a season-ending injury on social media, barking about get my brother out of Buffalo, all those kinds yeah. of things. And Stefan, he stepped up to the plate and he, you know, disowned, you know, those words. But I'm curious to know, um, where are you in terms of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs' um, current relationship right now? Is there, any, is, is there any more turbulence with that or has that kind of been put to bed? I love Diggs. I think he is a tremendous player. And I think he's been a phenomenal teammate. And I think some of this stuff is so overblown mm. um, that, you know, the perception from people a lot of times, look, there was an issue with those two, something in the off season. And he just digs described it as a family thing with them. And they got it sorted out. And, you know, as media guys, we're all waiting to talk to Diggs. He went in the whole off season. Diggs is a guy who spent most of a lot of the off season in Europe. He flew his trainer over there and worked out. The guy is in phenomenal shape, great route runner, great player, always picks up numbers. And he's on the field constantly pumping up his teammates, offense and defense, always supporting Allen. So we waited for him to come back that year. And he sat down with us at training camp and was phenomenal, talking about his place in Buffalo, where he is, how he wants to retire there. He's done nothing, in my opinion, to change that. You see a shot of him on the sidelines. You guys know, you see A.J. Brown and Jalen. Oh, yeah, we know. We know. And they're tight as can be. Yeah, I know. watch Allen and Diggs at practice, hanging out. They got their handshakes. They're to, I, I don't see any of that. And Diggs got a little upset in general with the media because he's like, basically, I got to keep saying this all the time because right. my brother said that. Now, look, I don't care what his brother has to say. For, he plays for the Cowboys. He doesn't play for the Bills. And he said it during the middle of the game. But Diggs has got to realize it's your brother and he's an NFL player and right. he says that. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he and Allen are really good. Now, he hasn't really done anything the last couple of games, which is odd. And I know they want to get him going again. So I think you'll see a lot of targets to him this week. But I, I am a I didn't know what to expect with him coming in. I think he has been incredible with Buffalo. Mike, defensively, um, they're fourth in points allowed. They're yeah. 16th against the run. They're 10th against the pass. I mean, all, all told, again, good numbers, right? And stuff that wouldn't lead you to think a six and five team. How legit is this defense? Well, they they are they have been banged up. Look, mm -hmm. Matt Milano is a great player. I think he's one of those guys, unless he's not a he does he never speaks. He just says nothing. Um, but he is a great player, and missing him for the year has really been impactful. Daquan Jones was a real force on the defensive line. They lost them. Von Miller plays. He's not Von Miller at all right now. He's number 40. He's out there running around, but he has been totally ineffective, obviously coming off the ACL. So they've lost those guys. I think Sean McDermott, while it might have hindered him a bit as the head coach, I think he's done a great job calling plays on defense. You know, he's had to mix and match. He's had players out. This week, uh, you know, Taron Johnson, uh, he's a slot guy. You know how they miss Avante Maddox yeah. and Philly. Taron Johnson is one of the best. They play in that nickel slot defense 
90 some percent of the time because they love this guy so much. He's in concussion protocol, and I don't think he's going to play. I guess we'll see on Sunday. Huge loss. So they've had guys go in and out of the lineup, and I think they've done a good job. They haven't turned teams over much, which has hurt the offense. I think that's been the part where teams can get yardage, move the ball down the field. Bill's field position has been lousy. This past week, our your good friend, Rasul Douglas, had a great game. <laughs> He's resurrected his career. Yeah, he, man. He was really good. Uh, a yeah. couple of picks and a fumble recovery, which they desperately needed. So mm-hmm. that's been the one thing. They have not turned people over since the beginning of the right. year. Um, but I think this defense is good. But they, but with I'm telling you, they will miss Taron Johnson in the slot this week. Dane Jackson, another corner who's a pretty good player, not going to play. And we, well, I shouldn't say not going to play. He's in protocol too. And then Taylor Rapp, backup safety, got hurt. He might be ready to go. So they're banged up in the secondary too. Mike, you know, there's this narrative uh, circulating that the Bills' Super Bowl window is slowly closing. Uh, how much do you buy into that? Well, you know, Joe Burrow's got the line, the window's open as long as I'm here, which is funny because I tell people, I think Josh Allen believes that too. He just doesn't say it. I mean, he doesn't come across that way. I mean, when you have Josh Allen, and even though he's been a bit up and down, he's a tremendous talent. But when you say the window is closed, I always feel like really good quarterbacks, franchise guys will maybe play with two or three different rosters Mm -hmm. while they're there. Right, because things change, players change. Yeah, they've done a decent job. Brandon Bean is the general manager, uh, but they've missed on a few. They drafted Kyrie Elam in the first round, number one pick. He doesn't even play. They put him on IR. He's been a bust wow. for them. Uh, you know, they drafted a couple of guys in the second round. They ended up moving on from them on the defensive side, and the wide receiver position outside of Diggs has been up in the air. Now they did draft Dalton Kincaid. And I'm pointing out guys that can keep this window going. They're still talented. They're still good. They can catch fire because they do have Allen. Um, But look, you went from AFC title game to losing in that 13-second game, which just hangs over the franchise, and then getting knocked out in the first round by the Bengals, So, or first game for the Bengals. So it feels like it's going backwards. I don't think it's closed, but you got work to do, no doubt about Mm. it. Mike, we were talking about this yesterday. Ironically enough, you, you know, Sean McDermott's from this area coaching the Bills, and then yeah. there's Nick Sirianni, who who grew up in Jamestown, New York. So, give me the impressions uh, uh, from from your standpoint and what the folks there think about Sirianni. What was he a well known commodity? Because frankly, when he came here, he wasn't that well known, um, and yeah. he's obviously done an amazing job. But but your thoughts on Sirianni? Yeah, I don't think that this area knew him at all. I mean, he's from, you know, Jamestown, but, you know, he's been coaching and playing in Ohio and in different parts. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, yeah, this guy. And then I find, oh, he's from Jamestown. Like, I didn't know he was from near Buffalo and then came in. I got to tell you, all I heard from people who know, you know, where I'm from in the beginning from the first news conferences, who's this clown the Eagles hired? And all I thought was, well, the players are going to decide this. And that's what ends up happening. I mean, we've had guys here, you know, Rex Ryan walks in, wins the first news conference. It's still Rex Ryan, you know, Doug Marone, those kind of guys, like maybe they can coach, but that isn't the thing. I think Sirianni has taken a, I mean, people have watched him. Look, do they like all the stuff he does? No. People say it all the time. I mean, Sean McDermott claps on the sidelines. 
that's the extent of what yeah. you get out of him. And, but that's who he is. I right. tell people, Sean is the most disciplined human being I've ever been around. I mean, still works out at five o'clock in the morning. You know, he has like one snack a, a day that is not, you know, within the food groups he's supposed to eat. <laughs> think about it. He took over for Rex Ryan. Um, <laughs> I think Sirianni, I think most, you know, Bills fans, look, I, it's been nice for me up here when the Eagles have been in the Super Bowl. They hate the Patriots and they hate the Chiefs. So everybody's been on board right, with right. down here. So they were rooting for him. And he does have that Western New York tie, which which was good. But, you know, people think he's a lot. And you see him coming off the field with the Chiefs and he's yeah, a yeah. lot. Yep. But he wins and he wins a lot. And they'll certainly take a guy that can win. Yeah, I was just talking to Rob earlier about how a lot of people – uh you know, a lot of people, one of the reasons a lot of people don't really put Nick Sirianni in those conversations with like the McVeighs and the Mike McDaniel yeah. and the, you know, and the Stefanskis or whatever is because his personality can be a bit brash. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's so interesting. His quarterback uh, is the complete opposite of him. Yeah. You know, stoic, very poised, very balanced, very measured, um, very manicured in w- with what he says. You know what I mean? Uh, what's been your evaluation of Jalen Hurts, um, you know, since he came into the league, um, you know, his progression? Um, just how he's elevated his game to this level. What's been your overall thoughts on Jalen Hurts as a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, look, you know, I watched him um, obviously in college like everybody else did. And we ended up with Brian Dable here who coached him. And he would just rave about Hurts and rave about Tua. Love both those guys. So you start to realize a little bit more what the guy's like. And when he got drafted by the Eagles, I remember thinking, they took Jalen Hurts in the second round? I mean, that was what I thought because – you know, I knew where they were with Wentz, and I thought, wow, that's early to be taking a quarterback. And obviously, it's turned out the way it is. I don't think I've, I thought, I used to think that watching Josh Allen every day progress from a guy, even though he was seventh pick, to become a, you know, all, you know, all star, you know, all pro quarterback and a guy taking them to the verge of the AFC championship game twice and the Super Bowl where he would have had a chance was a tremendous progress, right? Because everybody thought, oh, he's this wild card. He can't be accurate, all those things. But the progress from Hertz has been, to me, incredible. I, I, I mean, there's, there's always people you don't expect their success, but to have everybody so defined as to what he was. You know, mm-hmm. he's a running guy. He'll be a good backup and all those things to move into where he is now and him not changing. Nothing seems to change with the guy. And I think that's half the battle, maybe 80% of the battle for these guys as they move their way up to not be a different guy when you start, when you become the franchise guy, when you get paid. To me, that's the most impressive thing about him is the fact that he seems like the same guy who walked in the door and now as a star quarterback. Mm. Mike, when you look at, and I, I obviously I'm asking this because I know you keep a close eye and pay close yeah. attention to the Eagles. You look at the the rest of the NFC, Cowboys, Niners, Lions, whomever else you want to throw into that mix. Uh, who do you, who do you see? Who do you see as the threat for the Eagles? Um, look, it, the Cowboys are good. I mean, they, you know, they blow out the bad teams and they've been tough in a couple other games. And obviously that Eagles game was crazy. So, you know, I, I as much as I tell my Cowboys, say friends, you know, it's a stretch, but as <laughs> I tell them, you know, that the Eagles have it, I, I, you know, they're, they're still right there and that game's going to be large for them. Um, I think the lions are fun to watch. I don't know if I would trust them yet in a big spot, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see where they are, but that team can score some points. We saw them come back. Uh, Dan Campbell, 
a little bit like Sirianni, right? He comes in and you're like, what is this guy doing? But he was changing a culture there. It's a little different for Sirianni, but he really was with the Lions being a losing franchise. And the Niners are really solid and really good, but they'll find something to complain about no matter what. So, <laughs> so, but those, those are really good teams. I, I think, honestly, I told people at the beginning of the year, I thought the NFC was as good as the AFC. I didn't see this AFC dominance. And now with the injuries to the quarterbacks, I think the AM, NFC is a deeper conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's tough coming out of the end. You look at the AFC now. I mean, very the, wide open. It is right. I mean, the Chiefs are still good. I mean, yeah. right. The Ravens can be really good, but do you trust Lamar yet in the playoffs? Well, and no Mark Andrews. And right. That's a big loss for them. And no Bengals without their quarterback. And you just don't see a lot. In the NFC, I mean, look, you, you do have, you got the Niners, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Lions, and then you see what else, you know, shakes out there. So I think it's going to be a tough stretch. That's why games like this for the Bills and the Eagles, it's bigger for the Bills. There's no question. They're only six and five. But you got to pile up the wins in addition to winning the ones in your conference. So, you know, the Lions, you know, you'll see them on Thanksgiving. They're only a game behind them in the standings. So I think it's going to be a battle all the way to the end. You know, Mike, I'm looking at the AFC standings right now with the Bills being the eighth seed at six and five. They're behind the Steelers, yep. uh, the seventh seed, Houston Texans, who, who are shocking the world at the sixth seed, um, Browns, uh, fifth seed right now. But I don't know how, if they can sustain it. You know, Dolphins, Jags, Chiefs, Ravens, so on and so forth. But, you know, by my estimation, they're right in the thick of things, right? You know, they can easily, you know, jump all the way up to who knows, maybe maybe even when their division, if the Dolphins drop two, they're right there in it. You know, uh, I'm, I'm curious to know how how desperate is this Bills team um, this Sunday going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, knowing how bad they need this win and knowing how close they are to just putting themselves back into the playoff race? Yeah, I mean, look, specifically this game, I mean, I think there's a level of desperation because they put themselves where they were five and five coming home for the Jets. But they have this game. Then they have the bye. Then they go to Kansas City, a place they've actually won the last two years in the regular season when they've been there. Then they come home for the Cowboys. So look at those three games that they're facing. Now they still have the the Patriots again, you know, and they have the Chargers on the road. Who knows what you get with that team? Um, But they end with the Dolphins in Miami. Josh Allen has played very well against the Dolphins. They need to stay within a game of the Dolphins, no matter what anybody else does. If they can stay within a game of the Dolphins, they have the shot to go down there and beat them in the last game of the regular season and win the division because they would have swept the two games. I think that's the one thing they hold on to. They don't have a great conference record. They do not have a good division record. Head-to-head is the place that they could get it done. And then you don't know what happens with the rest of these teams. I watch the Steelers, and I'm like, I don't see how they win games, but they've done it. So you don't know what they're going to do the rest of the way. But I still believe that the Bills' best shot is winning the division to get into the playoffs. What do you think happens in this game, Mike, this week? Look, I I think the Bills need the Eagles to not be on their A game. If both teams right now play their best game, it's the Eagles by 10 or more. And I know they haven't blown people out a lot. I think they're better. They're certainly been better than it, than the Bills. The Bills have, you know, they found this little window here. I think they are feeling much better about themselves. I think if the Eagles go in there, you know, long, short week after the trip and all that stuff that can pile up on a team with the Niners and the Cowboys coming up, could they take a step back? Yeah. I do think it sounds so simple, but turnovers are huge. When the Bills don't do it, 
and last week they only had one and it was a Hail Mary at halftime. When they don't give the ball up, they are a different team. And I think that's going to be a key. So, uh, look, I, it's hard to pick the Bills in this game. The Eagles have been so good at home. But I would just say to Eagles fans, like, they may only be 6-5 and five and they may not be what people thought they were. But you know this league. If they feel something, team comes in fired up, they absolutely can come into Philly and win that game. Mm. Mm, final question for me, Mike. Um, and this is a, a little bit of a sidebar from the Eagles and, yeah. and the Bills. Um, we briefly talked about Dayball and his impact yeah. on Josh Allen. Now he's in New York, um, uh, the, the, the Giants, the Eagles rival. What's been your thoughts on his tenure there? And obviously things are not going well this season. Um, just give me your overall evaluation of what's going on in New York with the Giants and Brian Dayball and um, the pressure he's under to try to uh, figure this thing out with Daniel Jones, you know, for the front office, so on and so forth. Yeah, look, I, I like that guy as much as any coach that I've been around. I, I think he's great. He doesn't show that in New York. It's different. You know, he's the head coach. I thought they made a massive mistake at the end of the year when they didn't. I would have moved on from Daniel Jones or done something else. It's funny. He was with the Bills, and show was Joe, uh, Joe Shane, the GM, when they made the playoffs in 17. That's when he came into the Bills in 18 you would think you'd see, like, take that step back and then move forward. I think they have a terrible roster. Mm. Uh, certainly offensively, a terrible. I, I I see no weapons. I see bad moves. I see a bad offensive line. So that's a big thing for them. But, again, in this league, you know, the Giants have not had a lot of patience with coaches, and they've had a lot of failures with coaches. I know the guy can coach. I know with the right quarterback he can get it done, and they don't have the right quarterback. I think they're pretty fortunate that <laughs> – the season has gone so far south for them that they're going to end up with a high pick, but they need to, that's what they need to do. Or otherwise, whatever patience fans have for a guy who did get him in the playoffs last year, it's just going to be gone quickly. That's the way this league is, right? And he hasn't earned enough of that yet with the way they played. And they've had injuries. But guys, they lost the first game 40 to nothing to the Cowboys at home. Like that's not a way to start a post playoff season. So, he knows he's got work to do, but honestly, they're better off losing games down the stretch yeah. and get a shot at one of these young quarterbacks because that's what they're going to need to do. All right. Lastly, Mike, Thanksgiving yeah. tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Favorite side, not not the main, not turkey or ham or whatever whatever you and the and the family are doing. And what, what, what are the plans, too, while we're at it? Yeah, we're home. We've got everybody coming over. Okay. You know, I, the Bills have been in, the, in a Thanksgiving game three of the last four years. Oof. So, you know, it's been a lot of travel. We were in Dallas. Uh, we were in uh, New Orleans and we were in Detroit three of the last four years. So mm -hmm. they played in every time uh, frame for Thanksgiving too. During that time, here's my take on it. I grew up in an Italian household. Yeah. Whatever Italian food we have on the side is my favorite side. And <laughs> the, turkey, the mashed potatoes, the mm -hmm. stuffing, all that. I, I want the other two. Yes. I need the other two. It's not my favorite meal of the year. Yeah. It's good, you know, yeah. it's fine, yeah. but I'm looking for whatever my wife's coming up with as the side. I'll just now, are, do side. you get annoyed if, well, all right, let me ask you, is it gravy or sauce? I'm not talking about the stuff you put on turkey. I mean, when right. you put on pasta, is it gravy or sauce? In our house, it's sauce. It was always sauce growing up. I okay. know with a lot of people, it's gravy. Okay. We grew up with sauce. You know, it's like soda and pop, like whatever works for you. All right. Um, but yes, it was always, it was always sauce. I don't know that, you know, I, I grew up in Jersey. 
I don't know if it's a South Jersey thing. South I think Philly, it, it might be gravy. Yeah. I think, <laughs> right. I think it might be more. My mom grew up in Western Pennsylvania. My dad yeah. was from South Jersey. So yeah. uh, maybe that's the difference in it. But okay. uh, whatever it is, I need some of that on Thanksgiving. I got you. I got Sounds you. good. Mike, good stuff, man. Uh, appreciate you hopping on. Let everybody know where they can catch you, where the YouTube show is, et cetera. Give, give yeah. Uh, it's Buffalo Plus on YouTube. Uh, and, and we have a lot of fun with it. So check that out. Uh, Twitter's just Mike Catalana. And uh, yeah, I, again, you'll you'll usually get some Philly takes from me there too. You know, as okay. I watch the Sixers, how they lost that game last night. Oh, brutal. See what they do. Bad loss yes, and yeah. following everybody else. So, um, and the Phillies and, and everything else that goes on in Philly. So Mike Catalan on Twitter and uh, 13 Wham TV is ABC uh, in Western New York. So that's where you can find me. All right, Mike, Mike, thank you so much, man. Work. Appreciate Definitely. a couple minutes. I'm going to subscribe right. right now. Buffalo All Plus, right. going to subscribe right now. Thank you so much, sir. Happy All right, thank Mike. you, guys. All right, take care. All the best. Mike's a great guy, man. We we I met Mike years ago at the uh, NFL Combine. Okay. The year after the Eagles won it, we sat down, we started talking Philly sports, and I'm like, man, I got to have you on my show. He's like, I got to have you on my well, All right, boom, we'll go from there. And uh, he, he's he's really, he's a fun guy to catch up with. So good information there. Oh, yeah, that was fun, man. Um, I, I, I truly appreciated his insight. Uh, you yeah. know, great listen, uh, great conversation for sure. One of the yeah. best we've had. All right, we'll get a timeout here. We'll come back. Uh, we're going to hit a bunch. We're going to work in some some Thanksgiving fair. We'll talk about a little more about that Sixers game. And there was a an NBA game last night, Tone, where 309 points were scored total. 309. Are you kidding me? All right, so we'll talk about all that when we get back. He's Tone the Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Yes. Tone. Ah, hanging out with you. All right. Oh, and here's the question. Okay. You. Thanksgiving meal. Um, oh, man. What is your favorite side? My As favorite side, man. Mike. Yeah, we just asked Mike this. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, man. Um, I love all the sides. Just to make that clear. I love every I love every side, but candied yams. Oh, my God. I love me some candied yams. Yeah, man. All right. Man, yeah, man. Give me the yams. I, I love like candy it. yams, man. But then also, see, I'm not one of those guys where, like, you know, I need all my, my none of my food can touch. I, I, I that would, guy. yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I don't. Oh, I don't care if it. I'm. I'm still gonna eat it, but I prefer it's not all mashed into one thing. Yes. So like, you know, I mean, like, it's like there's something about when those candy yams. Blit bleeds over to that macaroni Mashed and potato cheese or something. Yeah, yeah. And then you got the collard greens right there. You yeah. got the ham, that ham and candy, that ham and candy yam combo, the ham and yam combo. Oh my god. The, oh my god, Alice. You just don't <laughs> understand, my man. You just don't know. What about you? What's your what's your favorite side, man? What's your I, favorite side and what's your least favorite? Favorite is mashed potatoes. All day, mm. every day. I mean, I, I oh, I, I love mashed potatoes. I'm a potato guy, so some, I like some potatoes. garlic and butter in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I am any kind of potato. I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of the baked, the mashed, the fried, the you, you name it. Right, you keep going on and on and on. So mm-hmm. big fan of that. Uh, I like, I like corn on the side. I like. Uh, see, I'm not big. I'm not a huge like stuffing guy. I know a lot of people. It's the stuffing is. I, I like stuffing. When I was yeah, a kid, like, I didn't care for stuffing. But as I got older, I appreciate. I, I, I love stuffing really. Yeah, yeah. So any of those really. I mean, I'm I'm good. I don't. Um, I'm like Mike. Like I don't mind Thanksgiving dinner. It's but it's not super my like one seed. You know what I mean? It's um, just a lot. It's just too many options. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Too many options. Uh, Rob eats turkey uh, meat on a kitty plate. Yes, nothing touches. <laughs> Sippy cup too. You got you got the little dividers on the plate. I do the little <laughs> dividers. Yes, yes, I do. You know, okay, what's that one? Okay, what's that one food that everybody at your household will touch, but they're like, oh no, don't don't cranberry put it on sauce plate. all day every day. No, I hate cranberry sauce. Oh. oh my god, my wife looks at me like I'm a psycho. Yeah, I don't. I, I hate cranberry sauce. No, thank you. 
No, like, thank you. Excuse I, I, me, in fact. Yeah, yeah. It's something about it, like just the idea of it, the texture, Cr- and the what, like. Is it? Is it? Is it a dessert? Is it? Get, a, what? What is, is it? Is it a topping? Is it a dessert? Is no. it? What yeah, is it? I know. I'm go. I don't. I don't. Ugh. No. Okay, great. I'm so glad we're. I'm so glad we're. Same page. We're here with that because. I always get made out to be like this, like this crazy person when no. I, I don't like cranberry sauce. Yeah, if you think about it, like, okay, other than how often, other than Thanksgiving, is that even eaten? Exactly. Which tells you, like, there's not big demand for it. People don't want it that much. They're like, yeah, I, I love it. When they don't really, if you wanted it, you'd have it all all year round. You know, basically. Right. So. It, yeah, it's. I don't. I don't. I, I look at cranberry sauce, and I ask myself. What is it even made out of? I don't know. Yeah, like, don't like, know. Like, 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 what is it? Yeah, it's cranberry sauce, but it's not sauce. It's some kind of gelatin. Like, what, 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 yeah, what are we doing it, here? It's like a thick textured. I, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like some kind yeah. of jello. Yeah, it's it's jello. So just get, so do you like jello? Is that, is that I what do it like is? jello, but I love I, jello, but like you know, not that flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that flavor, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, so it's uh, Wednesday is also uh, considered. Some people think it's St. Patrick's Day, but it's not. This is the biggest bar night out. The, this is the most money. Really? That, oh yeah, the I Wednesday never. Wait, before, so the day before Thanksgiving is the biggest bar night? Correct. That's when bars, you know, generally make the most uh, money. Is those nights? What's that? What, what is that about? I think. Well, I think the easy answer is kids are home from college. And, okay. and, and they get back together with friends and, you know, see, see, meet up with high school buddies and, you know, whatever. And okay. it, yeah, I think it's big. It's a big, big night out. Now, what, obviously, I think from your answer, I may know the I may know the answer or your reaction. I may know the answer. Was that a big night out for you? Uh, no, nah, not really. No, no. Uh, nah, nah. You know, it's so interesting. Well, you know what? Hold on. Maybe I never gave it much thought. Yeah, because the day about it, you're home from school. It's, I'm home it, from school, especially my first, especially from college. Like I will always right. come home, day before Thanksgiving. I always try to figure out what my friends are doing, and uh, maybe it'd be like a friendsgiving. I see, I see, I did a lot of those. I've, I, I did a lot of friendsgivings, like the day before Thanksgiving. A bunch of my friends will get together. We'll each bring a dish or whatever, or yeah. whatever. Um, each bring a dish or you know some um, some uh, libations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know we'll have a good time. Um, I didn't really. I, I did more of my bar, the bars. I was more so in the bar scene when I was in college, like on college near the campus. I didn't really do the bar scene in in, in Philly. Things can okay. get a little tricky. So <laughs> I, I, I much I much rather be at like a house event, like a house party or right. a house get together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I would say back in the day, a hundred percent. I I was down with all the all the you know amateur hour like like. <laughs> Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Patty's Day, you name it. I was knee deep. Imagine, imagine oh. Rob Ellis in rare form. Oh man. Oh. Oh yes, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. How many, yep. how many times did your wife just how many times did your wife just have to say not tonight, Rob? Uh, many. <laughs> <laughs> many. <laughs> um, too many. Yes. <sighs> All right, so uh, a couple other. Oh, that things. was good. That was fun. Um, last night, so I don't. I know people were caught up in the Sixers game. By the way, that was a bad loss. They they, they yeah. lost to the Cavs without Donovan Mitchell, uh, without Karis Levert. Like you can't lose that game at home, and they were down big. Sixers came back, got it to over. Embiid had a really good look at the end of regulation and just shot it way too strong. Missed 
they lose in overtime. I don't, I don't care about the ramifications of the in-season tournament and all yeah, that. Yeah, it's just fine. a bad loss. That's that's the only way I view it. Yeah. Now they're back at it tonight against Minnesota. The problem is you're on the back end of a back-to-back where you exerted a ton of energy last night, played a ton of minutes in an overtime. Like, what kind of legs are they going to have tonight traveling to take on a good t- – by the way, if, do you see what the T-Wolves are doing this year? I'll, yo, Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards. Edwards, beast. Yo, I beast, love, I, 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 I love the way he plays. I love the dog in him. He's fearless. He he fears no man. Yeah, you know he, he can do everything. He, he he's a he can score on so many in so many different ways. I mean, yeah, the dude is a freak. Like, if, he, uh, if he keeps this up, man, he can he can be like the like the next guy in this league. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. the you know what I mean? He's that gifted. I agree with you. Um, they're ten and three. So you know they have the same record as the Sixers here. They're yeah. they're they're off to a really good start. Well, they were um, on the cusp last year, right? Didn't they? They lost in the play-in to the um to the Lakers, I think, right, right last year. So they were on the cusp, and I think they made the playoffs the year before, if I'm not mistaken, or it was they didn't right. to the play-in again. But but, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, though, the Timberwolves, they're they're turning in the right direction. I just think they need to make some better front office moves. Um, they need to find a way to get Gobert out of there. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of Gobert. I'm not. A fan. I think he holds them back. If I'm being quite honest with you, um, I think Carl Anthony Towns is finally maturing, um, and really understanding how how much of a force he can be. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, man. Um, Sixers. The Sixers, though. Um. Again, they're ten and three. Put it in perspective, the season is only an eighth of the way done for the most part. Uh, you know, we'll you know we'll, we'll see how this thing pans out. Here's the thing, right? The, the, what makes me optimistic is the fact that. We know this team is still learning with each other, you know, figuring out each other's tendencies. Um, I'm very optimistic with Nick Nurse, you know, uh, you know, uh, leading the ship. Um, very optimistic about Tyrus Maxey's upside. Um, but I think the deeper we get, the more we're going to see. Okay, the deeper we get, the more fl- the more the flaws are going to be accentuated. And I we'll agree. Know, and I we'll know exactly what they need. You know, I agree. I agree. Um, how about around the league last night? So the Pacers and the Hawks. Final score, 157-152. 309 points put up in this bad boy. The Hawks had 86 at the half and lost that game. 86 at the half and lost. Like, I mean, look, every once in a while, that's fun. It's fun to watch. You you just watch two teams go up and down in the track meet is fun. It really is. I'm just thinking, Mm -hmm. man. Any defense at all, like even a little bit, it felt, it felt like an all-star game, right? It had that same sense to it, uh, the way it was going. Man, that is craziness. Yeah, Trey Young was a man possessed. Uh, I mean, they lost, but Trey Young, man, 13 for 17, 5 for 8 from 3, uh, 38 points. But then Tyrese Halliburton, man, matched yeah. him right up. Thirty. I, I'm a Tyrese Halliburton fan. I love the way he plays. I love his skill set. He can get guys involved and still create his own shot. Um, you know, it's it's so it's so funny how Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were a part of the same draft. They're part of the same draft class, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Um, let me make sure. Let me let me double let me double check that. But uh, I, I look at Tyrese Halliburton as a kid that can again shoot the three, shoot the midi, uh, get to the rack, get guys involved. Um humble guy you know what i'm saying like he's very he's very efficient that's the biggest thing with him he's extremely efficient in his game so um i love i love Halliburton's game as a, yep him and maxi came in 
uh, in the same in the same draft class, that 2020 draft class. Um, Maxie was drafted 21st overall. Halliburton was drafted 12th. Um, it's so funny how the Sixers could have had Halliburton, but nonetheless, though, man, I, I'm very comfortable with our Tyrese. <laughs> so, oh, same. I mean, the the only thing that that drives you crazy is if, if you believe certain folks, the the Sixers could have traded Ben Simmons to the Kings for Halliburton. They 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 could have gotten Halliburton, and instead it was you know Harden who Daryl Morey was obsessed with. That's the mm-hmm. one that kind of could stick in your craw a little bit if that if in fact that was on the table. Can you imagine a backcourt with Tyrese Halliburton and then Tyrese Maxey as well? Oof, man. Maxey playing off ball, which is which is pr- a lot of people believe that's his strength. Exactly. But, you know, man, it's all good, though. It's all good, though. Nonetheless, Tyrese Maxey is having a tremendous season. Uh, they're both having great seasons for their uh, for their teams. Maxey averaging 27 points right now in the season with seven yeah. assists. Halliburton averaging uh, 24.7 points and 12 assists. They're both shooting – um. Halliburton is shooting just above 50%. Mm-hmm. Maxie's shooting around 46%. Um, they both get boards um, um, despite their size. So, yeah, man, both these guys are extremely effective. Um, they're def- they're definitely the future of the guard position. Oh, um, for sure. In, you know, in the NBA. Yeah, I, I will just back to the Sixers for a second. Um, it's going to be interesting here to see how this can, you know, as we go on here, we know who the two key components are, Embiid, Maxi. We know that. Um, I wonder if the Sixers, it, and we were a ways away from this, but if they look at it and they say, we're closer than we thought we were going to be in the East. We're better than we thought we were going to be. Mm-hmm. Do they make moves here to try and go for it this year? Or are they content with, we got expiring contracts. We're going to have a lot of money to play with in the offseason. There's a lot of different things that we can do. I wonder if they're content with this thing just kind of rolling that way or how they approach this season. In season, I'm talking like during the se- I don't mean in season tournament. I mean during the season. I follow you. You yeah. know, that's going to be the that's going to be the thread that Darren Morey is going to have to be very careful as he weaves it. Yep. Because you don't want to pull under your giants and think that you're closer than what you really are. Right, you know, and uh, you also don't want to send the wrong message to your superstar talent and Joel and B. They're going to. This, That's this a delicate what, situation with him. It's, yeah, it's, sure. ve- it's very delicate, very delicate, especially everything he's been through. He's been through too much to have the utmost trust in the organization. Yeah. Um. If I'm him, I'm still. I would still be apprehensive, despite what's going on. You still got to trade lightly and do his best for you and your career and your legacy. Um, and I feel like, and I feel like Embiid's been more than patient. Now you can pick apart his playoff performances all you want. You can pick apart the health part. You know, I'm never going to debate that. But as far as you know, his game, what he provides, him being the franchise guy, you know, you can't can't deny the talent, can't deny how how great they are when he's playing at an all time high. You know, this this is going to this Darren Moore is going to have to, re, in my opinion, mm-hmm. Darren Moore is going to have to be extremely transparent with what the plan is with Joel Embiid. This isn't one of those moments where you guys just say, ah, trust me, I got you. We're past that now. Yeah, and I don't think Joel would accept that. I, I don't right. – I, I, you know, I think he's been through enough uh, uh, throughout his whole tenure where it's not – you bet, like, dude, just be transparent with me. Even if it's something I don't like, just get me in front of it. You know, he's not been, just I got you or we're going to handle this and you deal with it. He's I think you owe him. Yeah, you owe him that, right? You owe I, I him do. that. I do. You, you owe him transparency. Yeah, I do. I And I think, look, even if it's – hey, man, we – we're going to take a best shot with what we have, 
but we're not going to mortgage a lot for the future because we can do a lot of things in this offseason. And that's where we're at. I don't want you to, you know, we're not going to be players for whoever's, I don't know, Zach Levine. We're not going to be players for these kind of guys because we believe there's more value in what we have this offseason and really, really building this around you and Tyrese and whomever uh, rather than we do X, Y, or Z. And and I think he may, again, he might not like that, but at least he kind of knows where it is. The problem you have is he might react to it like, you're wasting another season of mine. You know, I'm I'm at 30, whatever I am now. He's 29. Uh, 29. I don't know yeah, how many he, more he, years he, I have yeah. left. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the that's the risk that you're gonna run here if that's the direction you go with him. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, right? And again, he's still he's st- he leads the league in scoring right now. Yeah. You know, as a as a big man, like w- w- without without a doubt, Joel Embiid has been one of the most dominant forces in the NBA. Um, if you if you if you look at the numbers alone, he's put together a Hall of Fame career. Sure, you know all, he has the MVP. If he can get a championship in Philadelphia, man, he'd be he'd be immortal. He you know what I mean? So yeah, you know well, this Ori, is. Ori says, man, I've had enough. I've and not that he isn't hasn't been part of some of the issues he has, but I, I think at some point he says, I don't have many years left. I I got to go wherever. The best chance is to win the championship, and he might do that. You know, right? And, and right, and so far, um, over the past three seasons, he's been although he's battled injury, he's been his healthiest over the past three years. True. Um, twenty twenty one season, he played sixty eight games. Twenty twenty two, he played sixty six games. Um, this year he hasn't. This year he's played fourteen games. So, um, they, he hasn't missed a game yet, right? I don't believe he has. No. So, so far, so good. And he's just been uh, a force. So you have to take advantage of Joel Embiid's prime. He's still in his prime, right? But in my opinion, he's he's sitting. He's This is it. This is who, this is the best Embiid we're going to see. Yeah, this it is prime. This is it, prime on, yeah. it only goes down from here. Well, so right. That, that's have, the, especially with his injury history. Yes, especially. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So having Maxi there to pair with him, can take some of the load off for sure, but you gotta make you you, you can't this this would be the second generational player that you've wasted if 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 you don't get a championship with Joel Embiid you you yeah. wasted AI's career. Not only but, that, Tone, you, you but you put everybody through the process, and 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 there were a lot of people who were willing to tolerate it, whatever you want to say, they go through the growing pains and everything you had to go through with that because they thought there was going to be a payoff on the other end. Mm-hmm. And for it to be only you getting to the second round, man, like it's one thing if you got to a final and you lost to uh, Golden State or or some team like that that is a borderline dynasty or a mm-hmm. dynasty, that's one thing. But not to be able to even get out of the second round of your conference after going through losing on purpose for years and years and years, that's the other part that makes this that much more of a tougher pill for Sixers fans to swallow. Right. It's not like they've been in the thick of the Eastern Conference Finals every year. It's it's, no. it's not that. No, it's not even get, that. Yeah, yeah, it's not even that. You can't even get out of the second round. That's what makes it that much more damning yep. for this franchise. Yeah. You know? So, again, um, this this we're literally going to be playing wait and see. The NBA season is a very long season. It's a grueling season. Trade deadline is a, is a long ways away. Yep. So, I think right now we understand they need more depth. Agreed. Um, they need they need more uh, production out of their bench guys. 
Um, but we're going to see the deeper we get, the more we're going to see what exactly they need. We're going to see the holes. Yep. Yep. Uh, hey, by the way, the Eagles will be wearing the Kelly Greens on Sunday. They sure will. Against those Buffalo Bills. Yes. All right. So here's the way uh, it works. Uh, we're off tomorrow. And yes. happy Thanksgiving to everybody, to all of you out there listening and streaming and in the chat. Uh, we wish you a happy, happy Thanksgiving and enjoy. Be safe um, tonight and tomorrow. But we're back uh, on Friday, Tony and I. So we will get you uh, full-blown ready to rock and roll for this bills game. We'll look back at some of the, you know, what went down with the Sixers tonight uh, and, and just kind of preview like we always do the big games in the league, the big games uh, around in general. And yes, please, if you can, uh, if you can help, anything you can do is great uh, for Derek and Trish Gunn. It, the, the, it's the uh, link is uh, pinned to the pinned, top. Yep, in the chat. Yeah. Pinned in the top of the chat. And it's also on Derek's Facebook page. You can just go there and link right up there and it, you have the full explanation of what's going on and your ability to donate. And if you can't donate, no problem. Just, just uh, good thoughts, good vibes for, uh, for Derek and the, and the gun family. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, Tone, uh, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Enjoy uh, the national football show uh, coming your way. And uh, looking forward to Friday, my man. Appreciate you. Definitely, definitely, man. I appreciate you. Happy holidays to you and your family. Uh, enjoy enjoy the kids being home, man. Um, you know, uh, eat as much as you can. Stay away from the cranberry sauce. <laughs> don't worry. And, uh, <laughs> that you don't have to worry about, dude. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, make sure you make sure you eat everything off your plate. Mr. I know, or else I'll, I'll, I'll be sitting there. I'll be punished. Yes. Uh, so everybody <laughs> enjoy. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we will see you guys on Friday. Take care. Peace out, guys. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.